Welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast with Jeff Baker and Drew Pelto. Sponsored by CGC Cards, card grading all in one place. CGC Cards is devoted to expert grading of collectible cards, including TCGs, sports cards, and non-sports cards. And by sportscollectorsdaily.com. If it happens in the hobby, you'll find it on sportscollectorsdaily.com. And sponsored by GemRate.com. The latest grading statistic from the four major grading companies is just a click away. Visit GemRate.com. It's free. Sponsored by Collects, the free app for scanning and valuing your cards. Use the app to build your collection and buy and sell with other collectors. Turn the hobby into your side hustle. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. and welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast where we talk cards, TTMing, autographs, collecting, I don't know, and anything else Drew wants to talk about, right? And we're not going to, yeah. we're not going to even, no football picks this week, guys. We're done with football picking. Yay! That's our, that's our gift to you. <laughs> exactly. You are listening to Nationally Ranked Sports Card Podcast. My name is Jeff Baker, talking to you from Boston, Massachusetts, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host from Arlington, Texas. His name is Drew Pelto. He is DFW Graffer on YouTube. He just posted a new video a couple days ago, right? Last week? I haven't gotten to it yet. I'm gonna. I might just do a two week one here for this week. I think. Okay. So, he's got yeah. also. He's got so much content. And he's he's holding on, you guys. Yeah. But he yep. is a DFW Grapher on YouTube, on Twitter, on Instagram. Make sure you follow him. Hi, buddy. Hello. <laughs> we are in September. We're full in September. We got NFL uh, season is starting this weekend. We have uh, baseball playoff. Uh, positioning right all these teams are trying to get in for the playoffs uh boy i watched the orioles last night just throttle my red Sox. they're a good team Jeez, that's just i mean that's such a surprise the orioles have been so bad for so many years in a row there now i mean they're showing the benefits of what happens when you're a bad team you get those high know, draft when picks ba- and when you're you bad for 20 them. years you get good draft picks right yeah and so i mean they're <laughs> finally coming around a bit maybe very cool are your guardians getting in i don't think so Probably not. I mean, uh, the fact they completely just crapped out against the Twins earlier this week. I mean, yeah, that was, I mean, they had to bring in, did you see they brought in David Fry, the backup catcher, utility, infielder, outfielder, to pitch four innings on, what was that, Monday or Tuesday or whatever it was. It's like, I mean, good on you for not taxing your bullpen there, but geez, man, if you're, I mean, you're bringing your backup catcher to do this, like, Oof, but I, I know an independent race, quote unquote, right? You, you can't say much there, though, because the Rangers had to bring in their backup catcher to pitch three different times in a single series against the Astros, at least twice, maybe three. But yeah, it's it's been a bad, uh, bad stretch there for a couple bullpens. Yeah, the bullpen, the Red Sox bullpen is not much better. So we're, yeah. we're going to grin and bear it, I guess. And I'm going to the Yankees game. We're talking about uh, baseball. I'm going to the Red Sox Yankees on Tuesday night. So that should be a fun time. Red Sox Yankees are always fun, and I get to see Aaron Judge. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure there'll be no autograph signings for the for the the players. They usually the Yankees are, are probably the worst team signing wise, and uh, I doubt I doubt anyone will be signing. But it'll be good to to my second to last game of the season. And uh, Brock Holt is going to be signing in the um in the team store, so we're going to get some Brock Holt autographs. Which will be fun. I I was a big fan of his, and he actually made an all star team one year, Drew. 
Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, and hopefully those cards I sent you will get to you either today or Monday. There. So yeah, I hope I don't crossed. have them yet, but well, yeah. finger fingers crossed. So we'll 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 see. Uh, I picked up a couple of Score Blaster boxes, football, uh, 2023 football. Um, a nice design, clean, nice clean cards. They're low budget. I think they were twenty five bucks a, a box. Uh, basically, I just picked them up to 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 have a couple cards and um just something something to do on a on a ra rainy friday you know right exactly <laughs> so uh no autographs i i busted open one yesterday um but i'll, I'll probably bust open after we we do a, the show today so uh maybe i'll get some autographs but all in all i don't know it, it is what it is scores scores like no surprises right isn't that what scores bare bones no surprises nice cards They're, it was good yeah, yeah, it's going to be your set that has you know everybody. You can have you know, you know fifth wide receiver on the roster is going to have a card in there. And yep, I got my I, I got my Bailey Zappy card. There you go. All right, <laughs> there you go. All right, bud, how you doing? What what do you got a uh, plan for the week? Oh, let's see, couple of things. Well, I got a uh, number one. We've got uh, two ball games for the weekend. I'm going to be going to one today with uh, Frisco playing at home against Northwest Arkansas this week and next week. It's the final uh, home series of the season, so we're going to catch those last couple of games there. I think they go on the road to play one more week after that, and then there's possible playoffs, but it's not looking likely, so we'll see what happens there. And then uh, next week, going to see at least one and maybe two concerts. I mentioned a while back, uh, I was hoping to get Pearl Jam tickets when I announced, when they announced they were going on, on tour, and uh, well, over at Dickey's Arena in Fort Worth, when I was looking at it, the only ones they had left were like 600 bucks each. I'm like, well... That was a good thought while it lasted. Uh, not going to be not going to be doing that one. So I happened to take a random look again today on uh, on Ticketmaster's website. And one of the deals that Pearl Jam has with Ticketmaster is that to avoid scalpers and such and any other kind of random profiteering to keep stuff away from real fans, they uh, they don't allow any tickets to be sold above face value. So we went. So I went on uh, Ticketmaster and they're playing on Wednesday and Friday. Friday's show was like just about completely sold out there are a few tickets like behind the stage basically i'm like now nah, if i'm if i'm gonna see these guys i want to see them in you know decent seats and all that and but well let's take a look and see what wednesday's show has and wednesday they're having one seat in the lower level in the uh it's at the complete opposite end of this from the stage but okay. still it's i mean dead center of the stage at the complete opposite end of the arena it's like that's not bad. I mean, I have definitely seen worse spots. I've seen concerts in far worse spots before. And so I was able to get a ticket in there for Wednesday's one. And so I mentioned something about it on Facebook. And a friend of mine says, hey, I'm going to Friday's one. And I'm like, yeah, I looked at Friday's there, but I wasn't able to. And he messaged me and says, I might have an extra ticket for it if you want it. I'm like, um, yeah, that that's that's a possibility right there. So um, if nobody else claims that he says, yeah, it's yours. I'm like, great. I mean, I can't pay for it right now, but, uh, yeah, I will definitely get to the money there eventually on it. So have you seen them before? I haven't, I have, I mean, I've been a fan of theirs for like, God, since before I was in college, basically. So we're talking, you know, 20 plus years. So I uh, wanted to see them forever and just never really had the chance to at all. Now it's like, all right, if I don't take this opportunity, I, I, I I've got to go for this one. So Fortunately, my wife is like, all right, fine. If you're willing to work overtime for it, then go ahead and get your <laughs> ticket and all that. So, I mean, we're going to Colorado to see one of her favorite musicians in a month and a half. So it's like fair trade there. There you go. That was a good trade. Good trade, Jen. Good trade, Jen. He, uh, hold on. He says good trade. <laughs> <laughs> she just kind of shook her head there. She's like, uh, uh, I know. We just. I, I I get it from my wife too. It's the same thing. Just shake shaking your head and yeah. 
Brendan Barrett. Well, that, yeah. that's kind of cool. So you got uh, a couple of baseball games. You got a, a couple concerts. You're going to be a busy man this week. But fear not, friends. Drew is always ready with great content. And we are going to have our regular show uh, this week. We have Clemente Lise talking about uh, hockey collectibles and, and some soccer stuff. And Clemente went to the rookie, I don't know, rookie symposium. What is, what is the upper deck did in Washington, D.C.? So okay. he got to interview Bedard and all these other guys, all these other new rookies. And we talked to Clemente about that and uh, talk a little messy and talk a little about everything. So that will be coming up with Clemente Lise. We have also John Staggers, who played in the NFL. He played for the Green Bay Packers and the Falcons. He was a wide receiver. And uh, he's a really great interview. It's a fun interview. So we're going to talk to John Staggers from the NFL. Uh, we lost this. This will be covered in Burn Rap Minute. But we lost Wilma Briggs, who was uh, a friend of the show. She was a uh, girls, all American girls uh, baseball player back in the '40s and '50s. She's actually she was actually she's actually the second all time leading home run uh, hitter in the wow. in the league. And I interviewed Wilma. I don't know last summer. I think it was about last summer, Drew. Yeah. So we're gonna on Wednesday we're gonna replay that interview with Wilma because I really I think it's it's kind of it's really neat and she was a a great lady and she was a fun interview and um you know she's she's part of history so we'll have Wilma Briggs I'll replay Wilma Briggs uh, interview on Wednesday uh, this week we have all our regular segments though right Drew absolutely we've got Baker's dozen covering all of the hobby news here from the previous week we've got as you said Clemente Lisi is gonna be joining us we'll have John Staggers as well. Uh, making the grade, we're going to cover all of the news from the grading world, from that portion of our hobby. We've got stamp of approval, where Jeff and I give our two thumbs up to just about anything. You never know what you're going to get out of us. It could be, I mean, it's been food-related a lot of the times, but it could be just about anything. You never know what you're going to find. Uh, the Fern Rap Minute, covering deaths in the world of sports, celebrity music, movies, politics. Anybody that you might consider TTMing, we will try to let you know if they have passed away. And, of course, the main reason why we all are here, I mean, it's right there in the title of the show, our TTM returns. And we have uh, Drew's segment. It's, we're not going to do it this week. Maybe next week, Drew. We'll do Drew's rant and rave. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, we'll do that next week. I haven't really had, uh, I haven't had, I've, I haven't had anything to go off. Uh, on wait, this week, wait till you're out at the concert. I'm sure you'll have a rant from the concert. Probably something. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, guys, we have a great show for you. We're going to announce the winner of the um, Dave, Steve, and Bill Lee autograph photos. Um, and we have our regular email address, which is the most valuable email address in the hobby. We, we always have contests, no contests this week, but we also love to hear from you if you're interested in being a guest on the show. We're always looking for collectors to feature. Uh, but Drew, what is our email address? That would be ttmcast at yahoo.com. You can't see what Drew's doing, but he, he he's getting all, all prim and proper over there <laughs> in Dallas. And he's still, I I served up to him and he hit out of, out of the park. All right, guys. But, but I was sitting here itching. I'm like, eh, I, I, fortunately, I know the address off the top of my head. I'll be looking at the schedule there. So yeah. I, was, I wasn't too worried about you, my friend. All right, guys, that all our housekeeping is, is in order. Let's get right into Baker's Dozen. Baker's Dozen, sponsored by sportscollectorsdaily.com. 
Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it, all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there is always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com. Baker's Dozen is a news summary. What's been going on in the hobby? Just a couple things before we get to the news. Guys, uh, Collects, Collects app. Make sure you download that in your app store or uh, your Google Play, and we will get you $10, $10 to spend in the uh, Collects app. You can get any cards you want. Uh, you can either try, you can use it for a T-shirt or a hat or something as well. So all we need is your collects username and your email address and collects will credit your account ten dollars and you can go crazy so uh please just send it to us at ttmcast at yahoo.com put the put collects coupon in there or ten dollars or something like that in the subject line and we'll make sure that we get your information off to collects you do have to be a collects user uh in their uh, to access the $10. They're not just going to send you a $10 bill, but they will send you, give you $10. You can spend any way you want in their marketplace. So make sure you take advantage of that. All right, Drew, want a drum roll? <laughs> He's a professional drummer, can you tell? <laughs> we have winners, raffle winners. We have, I got a, a five by seven black and white photo uh, signed by Bill Lee that I got at the Red Sox uh, team store. Um, couple oh, well, two weeks ago, and we're going to give that away. And the winner of the Bill League picture is Ed Bobuck of Pittsburgh. Congratulations! Woohoo! Congratulations, Ed. We'll drop that into the mail the mail to you uh, this week, and you should have it by the I don't know midweek. Also, we're giving away a Dave Steve Diamond Kings autograph card. There's something Drew uh, is giving away for us, and the winner of that is Jesse Davis of Bothell, Washington. Drew, we're all over the country, you know. Yeah, all yeah, nationwide. Literally, I mean, that's literally across the entire continent right there. I like it. Well, congratulations, De Jesse. Uh, Jesse, I will be forwarding Drew your uh, mailing address, and he will drop that into the mail for you this week. Uh, all right, no more. We don't have, I think we'll, we'll no contest this week because we've been running a lot of contests lately. So yeah, uh, yeah. We'll, do, we'll do something next week. And if I get a, uh, I'm going to try to get a broad, Rock Holt autograph picture that we can give away next week. So when I hopefully I can get that on Tuesday. All right, but we have a lot of new releases. Surprisingly, there's still a lot of new new releases out there. Uh 2022-23 Panini Spectra NBA cards. You get four cards uh in a pack, four packs. You get four autographs. Going for $950. They really should have gone for like $400 or $444, don't you think? Yeah, I mean that would have just worked out so perfectly <laughs> to do it like that, but it's a missed opportunity. What can I say? A missed opportunity. Panini marketing, get on it, would you? <laughs> there we go. Fours are wild. Let's go with that. Hey, how about some football stuff from Panini? We've got the 2022 Panini plates and patches coming out. It's always a fun one there. You get some cool stuff there, but it's uh, you'll get five cards per box, two autographs, and a memorabilia card. Price tag on that one is $350. A little less than I thought it was going to be. 
Yeah, yeah. So, and, and this is a little less as well. 2023 Panini Immaculate Baseball. You get six cards, one pack, four autos, and two memorabilia. Those are going for about $370. Guys, keep in mind, uh, you know, when we give these numbers, these are kind of the, the uh, I don't know, suggested retail prices, right, Drew? Would that be a good mm -hmm. suggestion? And yeah. Panini has been doing a great job um, bringing their prices down if the demand isn't as high as they expected it. So, yeah. uh, you know, you can always... If you want to, if you can wait a couple weeks on some of this stuff, you can save yourself, because you know, with a considerable amount of money, up to like a third or or a quarter, right? They they've been dropping it fairly recent, fairly recently. So just keeping that mind, keep that in mind when we give these uh, numbers for Panini products. Speaking of Panini stuff, we've got the Donruss Elite uh, stuff from Panini coming out here for 2023. So those are going to have all the brand new rookies all in it. Get 20 packs per box, five cards per pack, two autographs, and one memorabilia. That is $275. We have something from Tops, the Tops 2023, Tops Star Wars uh, Chrome Galaxy. Uh, they you get three refractor cards and one artist sketch card. There's also a bunch of um, actor inserts in there as well. And you, those are going for, Hobby Boxes are going for about $220. You can find those on uh, tops.com. So that wraps up our, our uh, new releases for, for the week. Drew, we have some shows to let people know about. We do indeed. We mentioned this one for a few weeks. It's still it's about two weeks away here. The Philadelphia show. And uh, as you probably could tell by the name, the Philly show is in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, September 22nd through the 24th. Go to phillyshow.com for all of the information about that. Uh, very Philly-centric list of uh, autograph signers. Cal Ripken Jr., the only non-Philly guy that's on the list. We also got Scott Rowland, newest member of the Baseball Hall of Fame, Dr. J, Allen Iverson, Pete Rose, Billy Wagner, Jim Tomey, and Wally Jones all on the list there. So go check that out September 22nd through the 24th, phillyshow.com. Yeah, one of these years I'm going to make it to the, to the show because that's not that far. I mean, you know, it's what about an hour flight, I think. It's not, not too bad of a flight to get down to Philly. One of these, yeah. one of these years I, I want to make it down to that one. Guys, there's a show in Portland, Maine uh, coming up the same week when same weekend the 22nd and 23rd it's the northeast sports expo and it is at the portland uh main expo center it's actually literally right next to where the um portland um what are they the sea dogs right yeah portland sea dogs play so this is a the northeast uh sports expo they got matt stairs uh tom sanders uh satch sanders cedric maxwell brad park rick milton mike milbury and a bunch of the, the, a bunch of other guys that are gonna be signing as well so you can check it out. It's September 23rd to the 24th. It's the first time for this show. Um, you know, they, they I've been to their shows in, in Boston and they put on good shows. So if you if you're in the Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont area, uh, check out even Boston area. I think it's about maybe an hour and a half up. How long? How far? How long a drive is it? Drew? About an hour and a yeah. half. Yeah, Portland's about yeah, about an hour and a half from Boston, I think. Yeah, not not a bad drive if you want to take a ride up for the day. So uh that's coming up. All right, Drew, I think that wraps up uh, Baker's Dozen for the week. We had a lot to talk about. Um, next up, we'll have Clemente's World. If it's soccer, hockey, or collectibles, it's in Clemente's World. It's time for Clemente's World with Clemente Lisi. It's football season. There's no better time to get your NFL stars, rookies, and veteran cards graded. CGC Cards offers fast turnaround times so you get your cards back even faster. They have crystal clear holders so your cards shine. And best yet, all starting at just $12 a card. 
Head to cgccards.com to start creating your cards today. Well, Clemente's world is, uh, we have Clemente on every month and he talks uh, hockey. He's a big hockey guy. He writes stuff for Puck Junk. He writes stuff for uh, Sports Collectors Digest. He, uh, of course, wrote the World Cup book. He does soccer as well. So we talked to Clemente about um, all the kind of cool hockey stuff that's going on. So uh, it's a long segment, guys. So sit back. Uh, it's really a good segment, but it's a little long. So make sure you uh, allot the time for it, right, Drew? You got to allot yes. the time. So please enjoy my interview with Clemente Lise in Clemente's World. All right, guys, you have your passport. You ready to hop on board? We are going into Clemente's World. That's with Clemente Lise. We have him on every month, maybe twice a month. We're going to talk a little hockey. We're going to talk a little soccer. We're going to talk a little collectibles. And he wrote a, a great article for Sports Collectors Digest. We're going to talk about... Uh, that as well. I'm so jealous. Welcome, Clemente. Great to be back and happy September. Happy September. You've been a busy man, my friend. Busy man. I have been. It's been uh, you know, right before the start of the hockey season. It always gets a little bit busy. You know, let's talk about the, the, the interesting thing first. The most interesting thing to me is that you going down to the rookie upper deck rookie uh, showcase that was in Washington, which is weird for them to hold it there. But um, you got to uh, meet Bedard and interview him and, and see some of the, the up-and-coming rookies. And what was that like for you, uh, you know, to to, to be uh, walk among greatness or potential greatness? Potential greatness. <laughs> yeah, no, so the, the, the upper, upper deck in the NHLPA held the event the day after Labor Day on this past Tuesday in a, a suburban D.C. It's actually the ice rink where the Capitals practice. Um, I think they picked that location as it's central. It's the U.S. Capitol. Um a lot of media showed up, a lot of hockey media, a lot of uh, French-speaking uh, media as well. And, yeah, so all the uh, players who were drafted this past year, including players who were drafted the last few years who only got a few appearances, were okay. also there. And Upper Deck uses that opportunity to take photos of the players for future releases. The jerseys they were wearing on the ice for practice, they cut those up and put those in event-worn memorabilia cards. So it really did, gives a chance did, did you get? Did, did you Did they – um? Did you get to see the guys skating around and did they yeah. have practice games or anything? They had a scrimmage at the end. What they did was though, they did put four or five of them at the, on the ice at a single time and they made them skate up and down, take shots while they took photos of them doing that. So those, those photos you'll see in promotional items on social media and in future cards. So it really gives them a chance to, it's the first time we see the players in uniform skating in there since they've been drafted because at the draft in June, they wear the jersey over their clothes. They pose for a photo, and that's it. Here right. they were on the ice, and to see it, this collection of up and comers was really great. And of course, the big headliner was Connor Bedard. Could you tell that Bedard was more talented than than, than the other guys that are on the ice, or were they was he bigger than the other guys he's on not, the ice, or was he yeah, faster? He's not, he's not bigger. I mean, Leo Carlson was the number two pick. He's huge. He's a Swedish uh, kid. He's yep. really big. I mean, he's like over six foot and. 200 plus pounds. He's a big guy. Uh, Bedard is actually smaller than I thought, but he is super fast, has a great wrist shot. And he reminds me a, a lot of Connor McDavid, the other Connor that we all talk about. Okay. So, much. so, I mean, but the thing is, we've seen number one picks go bust and we've seen number one picks go on and do really well. It's interesting to see, you know, he reminds me a little bit of Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid. 
Okay. Now, he's going to play for the Blackhawks, which, you know, their original six team. There's a lot of excitement and hype for anybody who was at the national. There was a lot of hype around him, even though he doesn't have cards out yet. He has minor league cards. Um, but yeah, you know, he looked really, really good. He's done a lot of really, um, he's excelled a lot for team Canada and the CHL. His numbers are great. Um, but I was more interested in getting to know him as a person and see him with the media because, you know, we all know hockey really needs good spokespeople and good personalities. And so that was interesting to see him up close, talking, interacting with people and to see really what potential is there in terms of marketing that I was interested in that. More yeah. Than was he, when you saw him interacting off the ice, was he, okay, this is an 18 year old kid or yeah, you know, this kid yeah. has, is a little more mature. Yeah, no, he's mature, but I got to tell you, nothing makes you feel old than like hanging around a bunch of 18, 19 year olds. These guys are young. I don't think some of them even have ever shaved. And so these guys are young and you realize, you know, how young they are and you have all this media and all this attention, and all this, you know, upper deck and all this marketing around them. You know, it's got to be really, really difficult for a young person to really stay focused. Actually, some of them ironically said they're not even on social media just because they don't want to be influenced or even listen to what we, the media, say about yeah. them. And some of them said that. And we were actually surprised to say, really, you're 18, you're not on social media. And they were like, no, we, I, we try to avoid that stuff because we don't want any of this stuff distracting us. And it's kind of interesting to see the regimen. These guys, look, they're super disciplined. Some of them have been playing hockey since they were little kids. And the truth is, a lot of them are really excited about being on, on cards in the future because a lot of them grew up, you know, collecting Said. Yeah, I thought that was kind of neat in your story on, on Sports Collectors Daily that, that these guys, uh, Bedard uh, collected. He still has his cards. His mother didn't throw them out. And the guy from Sweden was a was a, uh, a messy yeah. soccer collector. Right. Uh, it's not I, you forget that these are only eighteen year old kids. Sometimes you know. <laughs> yeah, when they were saying they were collecting when they were kids, I was like, you mean like five years ago? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is that. Um, Bedard said he had cards when he was, you know, about 10 years old. He collected cards with his friends and they would see who would get who had what. And then I said, I actually asked him, did your mother throw them out? And he said, no, no, no. They're all in a binder. They're still at my house. So it's interesting, you know, and I think that, you know, the, the, the famous question about did your mother throw out your cards is actually a pretty famous question among collectors. But yeah. I think younger people, that doesn't happen as much. Um, but it's good to see hockey players or up and coming hockey players having been involved with the hobby because look, for a lot of sports fans collecting cards as a kid or teenager that's your way into sports and i know it was for me growing up and it's another way of having a tangible asset you know these guys it's kind of funny because there are people outside the rink maybe four or five people with blackhawk jerseys clearly there are people who knew this event was happening and collectors were standing in 97 degree heat for five six hours i, they, I know they didn't get them going in now, I left before they the players left, so I have no idea if those guys ever got autographs, but they were standing in 97-degree heat in Washington, D.C., trying to get Bedard's autograph. And when we asked Bedard that question, it's not in my story, but we asked him that, he was kind of sort of like shrugged off, like, I don't know why people want my autograph. You know, it was kind of funny. Yeah. But I think that he, what I got from him is that he's a very humble kid. He has a lot to learn. He knows that. But he also has a lot of potential, and I think it's going to be an exciting season. I think this rookie class has got to be one of the best we've seen in a long time. Do you think he's going to start in the uh, NHL, or do you think they're going to put him in uh, the minors for a month or two? Yeah, so Leo Carlson was the number two pick. Whenever he was asked a question, he would he would temper it by saying, if, 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 I, if I make the team, if. With Bedard, I think he's going to be on the ice. I think the Blackhawks have gone through a transition the last few years. They traded away a lot of good pieces, including Kane and a bunch of other people. 
The truth is I think they're going to start him because the excitement around him is so much. People want to see him. I don't think the Blackhawks roster is that good that he's not going to be a second liner even. So yeah. I think he's going to get ice time. And I think it'll be interesting to see what he does. If he could put up those numbers. Well, I know this about him from what I saw him on the, on the ice and what I saw him walking around is that I think he needs to get a little bigger because I think players are going to really go go at him if they can because he's got a great shot and they're going to want to shut him down. And the NHL is a is a totally different level in the CHL or the World Championships, the World Juniors. I just want to see how he transitions. Look, my fear is that he turns into like a Lafreniere, which a lot of hype, and then the guy turned out to be like a third, fourth liner and doesn't get a lot of ice time and is struggling to score goals. And he's only 20 years old, 21 years old. Bedard is very young. We have to give him some time. Now, sports fans don't have that kind of patience, and collectors don't have that kind of patience, as you really? as you know. So we'll see. But it was it was a, it was a fun event, and really, Upper Deck does a really nice job with uh, with their rookies. I have to say. Do you think that um, his game is going to be kind of like Pasternak from the Bruins? Do you think he's going to be that kind of player where where he's you know he's he's a thirty or forty goal scorer right off the bat, or do you think it's going to take him a little while little while to jump think, into it? I think it's going to take him a little while. It, it will be interesting to see. Look, if he can score 30 or 40 goals in his rookie season, then he, he's got the Calder Trophy locked. Right. But his class is really good. And I think we forget about the other players. I mentioned Leo Carlson was the number two guy on the, on the, on the, in the draft order. You know, he was smart by tempering his comments with if, if I make the team. But I, I did think, I think he will make the team and you know, he'll make Anaheim a lot, be- a lot better. But there are a lot of guys too that were at this combine that were, in their second or third year or only played one or two games were really trying to break into the roster. So it's interesting to see, you know, even when you get drafted, it's not a done deal. Can Bedard score 30 goals? That's a really good question. You know, it's possible. It's very possible, especially if he gets the ice time that I think he'll get because the, right. He might, he might not have the supporting cast around him though. Correct. But he's going to get the time and that might, you know, he might be a 30 goal scorer and the Blackhawks don't make the playoffs. That could entirely happen. It could be a possibility. So it remains to be seen. But look, Chicago's a great hockey city, and I'm excited that he's in a big market like that. So it, it helpful. The, the fear before the draft was that he could end up with the Blue Jackets or somewhere else. Look, Connor McDavid, I think, is the greatest hockey player in the last 10 years because he's with the Oilers. He's forgotten. You never see him. <laughs> and my fear is that Bedard will, that's the opposite for him. He's in a big market. And that will certainly help him. Do you? When do you think we'll see um, those cards, the Young Guns cards? And do you think they're gonna um, only have Bedard as a Young Gun, or you think they're gonna market the hell out of him and fl- no, flood no. the market with Connor McDonald uh, yeah, so, cards? Yeah. So Young Guns cards are short printed. Upper Deck confirmed to me that he will appear in Series Two, which will be in the early spring. Okay. NHLPA rules state that you have to get, you have to play at least one game. Series one comes out usually November. Right. He not have been played a game yet. At least he will have, but the cards come, come out already. So he can't make series one. I think series two boxes will be probably some of the biggest, most sold. I think what they'll do is they'll do a special rookie box set of just Bedard. They did that for Lafreniere. They'll probably mm-hmm. do it for Bedard. And Bedard will end up showing up not just as a young gun, but he'll end up showing up in every release in 23, 24, he'll have like dozens of rookie cards, but the young guns is the most iconic. And I think everyone wants a scenario where his young guns comes out and it it shoots up by $500, $1,000 right off the bat. Now don't buy when it comes out. If you pull it, great. I would wait six months. Don't get FOMO. That price will go up and down. Now look, if 
he scores 30 goals and then they make the playoffs. Well, maybe that card becomes harder to catch. But as we know, with Wander Franco and a bunch of other young players, you never want to spend that kind of money on someone who's an unknown factor. We don't know yet. But look, the fact that people are talking about hockey, even people who don't collect hockey talk about Bedard, that's good for the sport and good for the for the for the hockey hobby, I think. Do you think this is setting up really well for uh, upper deck and for hockey in terms of all the mess that's going on with Panini and football? And are we going to have a release? Are we not going to have a new release? Uh, you know, what's going to happen with basketball? Do you think it's it's setting up really well for upper deck that they're going to have a strong, a potentially strong rookie class um, this year and uh, maybe not as much competition for that winter sports dollar? Yeah, I would hope so. There's, there's a couple of things at play there. It's a very good question. One is I do think that the Fanatics Panini fiasco is taking Upper Deck. Upper Deck is just a, a viewer, a watcher. They're just curious. Right. And I'm sure they're very happy about that. They're happy. And Upper Deck has never really been ensnared in any of this Fanatic stuff. And that makes hockey collectors that I know really happy because it says, look, it doesn't affect what I collect, my products. That kind of thing. So they may benefit from that. But there is another factor that may hurt the NHL, which is there's been squabbles across the country with certain cable providers in terms of viewing games. I know, for example, in the Buffalo market, it may not be possible to watch the saves. So the NHL right. looking to maybe, maybe <laughs> I know a couple Sabre fans that they might hit commit Harry Carey and move. Right. So so maybe the league will will stream those on YouTube or on their website. They're going to have to find alternatives that has always hurt hockey. You know, we forget that in the Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby rookie era, a lot of the NHL games were on a channel called Versus, which nobody yep. got. The NHL All-Star game, one of those years, was like the lowest rated thing ever. So we don't want to go to the dark ages where hockey is not on TV. Now, thankfully, there are national games and we get to see those. And, you know, those have been beneficial and the studio shows on TNT and all that stuff have been really great. And that's going to continue. But I'm worried about the day-to-day small market that might hurt them so the league has to figure out how to get those games somewhere and i think if they stream them on their platforms young people are on social media they're on the internet they're not watching cable tv maybe you and i are watching cable but they're not so there's a there's an opportunity here to do that and i think with players like bedard and these younger players you've got to market them hard and i hope the nhlpa the nhl upper deck they use this opportunity really to get to even the casual hockey fan I know lots of casual hockey fans who only care during the playoffs. We got to get those people to start watching in October, November, December, because you got to get them excited. And I think, look, the NFL is a behemoth. The NFL doesn't need trading cards to be a behemoth. They will be. But I do think the whole Panini thing will hurt them. And and it's really unfortunate to speak about that whole lawsuit thing. I never thought I needed a law degree to try to figure out what was happening with these companies. And to, to a lot of people who don't really collect cards... It's a lot of just noise. Now, it keeps our hobby in the news, not for good reasons. But I've had people say to me, I can't believe this lawsuit. Is there that much money in this hobby? And I said, <laughs> I said to them, you wouldn't believe how much money there is in this hobby. Yeah. Among the people that produce cards, among some collectors, among auction houses. Look, if you went to National, you know how big this hobby is. You don't need to, to look further than that. But it, it will be interesting to see how it plays out. I do think Upper Deck has an opportunity. Now, when you speak to Upper Deck people, they don't want to talk about fanatics or panini. They don't want to want to get involved. And look, I don't blame them. Right, they're Switzerland. They're 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 looking for 
uh, from the outside. Uh, let's talk a little about this whole Fanatics and Panini thing uh, in the NFL Players Association, which I, I never thought could pull their their uh, their licensing fee at their whim. So uh, I don't know how much you've been following it and how deep you've, you've gone into it and if you've read any of the lawsuits. But um, why don't we look at it as uh, how you think it's affecting collectors and how it's going to affect collectors and um you know do you think we're going to see panini eventually settle out of court and and put the push the put this whole thing to bed pretty soon yeah for look for people who love to watch law and order (laughs) i was i was a newspaper reporter for many years and i covered criminal trials civil trials as part of you know early in my career a lifetime ago and i know that most cases get settled out of court it's not like law and order where they go to court and becomes a big drama so I do agree that I think it'll get settled at some point. I'm sure there is verbiage, language in these contracts that say we can pull our license. The Players Association can pull the license, but to pull it and then to give it to somebody else with no other rationale seems like that's not possible. The other thing, too, is Panini has produced a season's worth of cards. Now, will those never see the light of day? Will they get shredded? Will they get sold anyway? Will they be worth more? I'm kind of curious that these now, these sets, these NFL sets are kind of these taboo sets now. Yeah, I mean, I was at Barnes & Noble two days ago and they had a uh, score. They had the NFL score on the shelf. You could buy them, no problem. Now, right. that's that goes against what the NFL Players Association said two or three weeks ago, right? That they're right. not supposed to be able to sell anything. So I'm not quite sure, um, you know, the NFL Players Association says, okay, I'm going to yell at from the top mountaintops that this is what I want to happen. But is there any, any um, teeth behind it, you know? Right. So they would have to get an injunction to, to stop them from distributing them, you know, to say we're pulling your license and we're going to give it to this company. That's fine and dandy, but we need to say, well, we already produced these under our old agreement and I'm going to sell them. Now it doesn't seem like anyone's stopping them from doing that. I mean, but well, it's curious to see if those boxes get pulled because if they don't, I would recommend buying those boxes and hanging on to them because maybe they'll be worth something. It, you know, it's curious to see as collectors, we always look at what is the potential value here. I think this lawsuit does not help our hobby, but it does create tension that I think often helps values go up. These panini cards could end up being worth more money. My other really my other big fear, too, is I'm not a big fan of fanatics is buying everything. And making a monopoly out of everything. Right, I agree. And that's my biggest concern. And I'm worried for fanatics' sake that there could be lawsuits in the future, even even a class action by collectors saying, look, this company owns every single thing. It's a monopoly. And like Google or like Amazon. And so what ends up happening is in European courts, the European courts usually favor you know, breaking up a, a monopoly. It's much more difficult in this country. But when Fanatics is aggressively looking to buy every single segment of the hobby, then it becomes, you know, how do you, how do you control prices? Only one company can decide what they want to charge. If they want to charge $1,000 for a box of score, they can. I mean, no one maybe no one will buy it, but they control the market. And I think that that's going to be a bigger issue. If Panini can make that argument, maybe that's a better argument to make. And I do think that, the NFL PA lawyers, I'm sure, must have looked at all the language before they decided to pull this thing because they knew the look. I'm all for pulling it if you want, but you can't give it to somebody else for nothing. It just can't it can't be done. Right. And again, you can't just pull it on a whim. You know, maybe again, we're not lawyers and we haven't read the contract and I can't say 
that uh, Panini is living up to their end of the bargain or not, because I really don't know. But they did something to piss somebody off somewhere, right? Yeah, there was there was a there must have been a f- series of phone calls over the summer that led to this decision. What I don't like about what we're doing is we're, we're speculating because we have to because Panini and Fanatics are very secretive about their contracts, about their what they do. Right, and they're both private companies, so they don't have to divulge yeah. anything. They do not. But what's going to happen during a potential court case is companies have to divulge information to make arguments. So we may learn what's behind the curtain. You know, look, I used to joke around when I worked in newspapers. I used to always say, look, when people used to come visit our newsroom. I always say, look, welcome to the hot dog factory. This is where the beaks and the claws, this is what the, you know, the process. Like you, you, you buy the newspaper, you buy the product. You don't always want to see what goes into making the product. And I think that in this case... We may learn things and look at someone who covers the hobby uh, partially. I'm interested to see what are some of the arguments both sides are making and what some of the um, negotiations look like, what Panini's argument is going to be, what Fanatic's argument is going to be. But I'm not pro one or the other. I'm just against Monopoly. And I do think there's a lot of money in this hobby. And I do think Fanatic's is doing a lot of things to make the hobby better. But like ultimately, bottom bottom line for me is I don't want one company to own everything. And that's why I'm happy to be a hockey collector. And Upper Deck is outside of this mess. And I think, like you said, they like being outside of it. But I think it has a ripple effect on everybody and, and, our, and our spending dollars. And so I'm curious to see once the NFL season starts up this week, what what that is. It could be that football cards become an afterthought. People don't touch them. They're just afraid. And that could benefit hockey or baseball or other sports. Do you think Fanatics um, wants all this attention? And I'm saying attention, not from collectors or the media, but from potentially the federal government and really looking at it uh, and as an antitrust um, situation and, and really delving deep into their uh, business because when the when the feds come you can't just say no i'm not ta- i'm not talking to you right they they you, you don't piss off the federal government yeah so as far as the feds are concerned they the feds seem very interested in counterfeit autographs fake jerseys they're involved in that a lot and that's good they haven't been involved too much in this antitrust thing i think fanatics is hoping that the federal government isn't really paying attention but what fanatics is doing is they're flexing their muscles they're saying look we're huge we have a lot of uh, assets. We have a lot of companies under our umbrella. We're going to take over this hobby. They've said that. So I don't think they're worried about the antitrust. I think they don't think the government is paying attention. And maybe they're not, which is kind of interesting because even when I was a newspaper reporter, we'd write stories about certain topics and we'd always hope that lawmakers would see that somehow and, and, and get involved. And you'd be surprised how much people are not paying attention at the federal level or even state level. Um, but I, like I said, I can see a scenario where where card collectors take someone to court because they say, Hey, look, there's collusion here. You damaged us. And it's, it's interesting. I mean, we'll see what happens, but, but I do think the more noise noise fanatics makes the worse it is for them. I I think they think Panini will just settle and go away, but we'll see. Well, I mean, you, you, you read about the $25 million um, copyright infringement lawsuit that, panini settled with uh this past week uh and i think they're trying to get all their ducks in a row so that they can have attention to this lawsuit um i think you know we we're talking with rich miller uh the other day about this and i think there's a lot of egos and bruce egos and personalities and feelings hurt on both ends and i don't 
it might be, uh, come to the point where I'm not, I'm going to do and I'm being Panini. I'm going to do whatever I can to to get this thing all the way through the courts and not settle because you guys, they as fanatics didn't uh, negotiate in good faith. Were were um, you know tried to put our business out by buying the printers. There's a lot of you know stealing our employees. There's a lot of stuff. And again, I, I, this is just me uh, saying uh, if I was Panini and, and look at all these wrongs that you did to me. So now I'm just gonna. You, you know, you can't make any money off of football cards and basketball cards for another three or four years, Fanatics, and I'm not letting you make a nickel. Yeah, it sounds to me that Fanatics is so aggressive because I think they tried to buy Panini. It didn't work out. And this is Fanatics' way of saying, okay, if we can't take over your company, we're going to the, we're going to pulverize you. And I do see a, a scenario where Panini will fight, like you said, will fight to the end. Look, the ultimate would be, if this case got the Supreme Court, it went through all the court systems. It would be <laughs> that's all we need doing this to drag out for five. That's more all years. we need. But but you know, at some point, you have to understand. For anyone who's ever dealt with a lawyer, no offense to lawyers, lawyers don't always want to settle because they get paid by the hour, and lawyers on both sides think they're right, and they're going to draw this out. Now, one has to wonder, for Panini's sake, how much do they have in the tank to spend here? I mean, you know, and then the interesting thing is. Panini America is, is just the American arm of Panini in Italy, which is a separate entity. And so I wonder if Panini in Europe will say, look, this American thing is costing us too much. Or, you know, I'm curious to see what the, the larger global dynamic is, because Panini in around the world is known for soccer. Right. And not for football and basketball. I mean, when, when Panini cards first came out 15, 20 years ago, Panini had to educate American consumers about what Panini was. It wasn't a sandwich. It was a card company or sticker company, really, that now was in the game of, of making these other cards. So, look, it, 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 you know, it'd be interesting to see what happens. What I tell people, though, is that this stuff takes months and months, maybe years. It will drag out. Unfortunately, we're talking about it and we have to, you know, and just when you thought it was going to be a kind of a quiet summer after the national, it turned out to be anything but. Uh, let's talk a little, and, and uh, forgive me because we didn't really talk about this in, in our in our pre-show meetings, but <laughs> I'd like to, to ask you about this. All these new releases from Tops, you know, the, there's the uh, Tops Finest uh, flashback UEFA uh, boxes, and there's all this, uh, you know, they got the the, the German one and the the, the Chrome, Chrome Stadium Club UEFA, and there's just so much, you know, Chrome Tops Chrome Women's, and there's just so much soccer stuff that tops is spitting out because a they have the license and they're not you know they gotta they have some they have to have product on the shelf right um, right as a collector are you looking at any of this stuff or this is just kind of if it's not mls or, or it's not premier league uh, you know it's not world cup i'm i'm kind of taking a back seat to all these other um releases yeah. Yeah, look, soccer now has reached the point in this country in terms of trading cards like baseball and hockey where there's going to be 30, 40 sets a year. And it seems like when I listen to your show every week, there's a, a, three new soccer releases every week. Yeah, like, I don't make I can't make heads or tails of Clemente because as a collector, I don't know what if I should be buying this stuff. Is there, you know, is there TTM uh, stuff out there? Is it, you know, are, are these going to be? have any value moving forward you know you know messy you know if you if you get a messy card that's gonna be worth something uh but other than that i'm not quite sure what to to make of all these soccer releases yeah so yeah and then you know part of me thinks that 
these releases are, are put out just to make you pronounce Bundesliga, but no, I'm joking. Oh yeah, kill me, kill me. <laughs> but, but like for example, Bundesliga Stadium Club. Now that seems like why is that pop coming out? Now I will tell you that German collectors and the hobby is big in Germany now. German collectors love that set, and they probably sell a ton of it there, but they don't sell that much of it here. I'm not, I'm not buying that. I'm always looking for rookie cards, special inserts, that kind of thing. And look, soccer is not producing the, the number of rookies like we see in other sports in America because there is no draft for the most part. Not in your right. Opinion. So most of the people that play in uh, uh, the MLS, they're they've already come over from Europe or they've played in college or yeah. Now MLS guys do get drafted, but a lot of those guys you really have to wait. And so I do like to get MLS tops flagship. Now that is the least expensive because. People are not looking at the rookies in that set, but they're looking for rookies that come out in Europe. The truth is there are no big rookies this year in Europe. So what I would tell collectors is let the let the releases go by. Wait six months, a year. If someone pops up and you want to buy their card, go for it on the secondary market. And because there's still some deals to be had, because the soccer market is still not front and center in America. Like for example, one of the best players at the moment is a young British, young English player named Jude Bellingham. He plays for Real Madrid. He scored like four or five goals in his first couple of games. Now, his rookie cards came out during the pandemic, three years ago. If you want to buy his individual rookie cards, they're still pretty affordable. And, for example, his rookie, one of his rookie cards is in the Bundesliga, you know, um, stadium. Yeah, you said it twice in, in one show. I'm proud of you. <laughs> you. You can get his rookie. You can't that. make me do it. You can't make me I do won't. it. I won't. <laughs> his rookie from a couple of years ago, and it's like $18 on eBay. Now, I'd say to someone, unless you love to rip for the sake of ripping, or you're a set collector, which, let's be honest, there's fewer and fewer of those people, I'd say let these releases go by. Don't don't worry about them. Now, if you're looking for autographs, I mean, look, it's a lottery ticket, but I agree with you. I think the market's saturated. I'm not buying these releases, and I'm a big soccer guy. If I'm not buying them, I don't know who is, and... Look, I, I'll tell you this. I, I ran to some soccer collectors at the National. A lot of them come from Europe. And they're they're hungry for this stuff. And they're buying it more than we are in America. What I'm looking okay. for, too, is Topps flagship MLS because I want to see that first card of Messi in an Inter-Miami jersey, for example. You know, I want to see maybe some of the guys drafted last year. Like, I'll hold on to those cards. You know, but a lot of them is speculation. You have to buy them, hang on to them, and wait three years. Because in soccer rookies can come can come good five years later and it's not unusual um because they get traded they get they get sold to different teams we also have this big phenomenon in soccer now where a lot of these stars are going over saudi arabia yep so there's no cards of those guys now is the saudi arabian league going to get its own tops or upper deck set <laughs> maybe but europe has seen an exodus of, of, of superstars so a lot of these sets don't even have these guys in them so i would caution against gobbling up these boxes some of them are fairly affordable but what i like is i like the uefa champions league you know yep. um, flagship set 22 23 came out over the summer i bought a box of that i'd buy the mls one flagship I, i'd buy that when it comes out um but don't go out and get museum uh, this that i mean bundesliga uh, chrome uh, stadium club i mean it's very specific like i said soccer the global game and a lot of these releases are are intended for those individual markets. We just happen to see them on our shelves here and, and, and on the release calendar, but doesn't mean we should buy them.
But just to let's shift to uh, hockey for a minute. I know that we're kind of in a lull before the season starts and getting the C series one um, to become out. Uh, do you like any of these other brands out there? The Met Skybox Metal Universe or the MVP or even uh, the Opeachy Platinum is is there is the is there too many of these secondary sets from upper deck as well as opposed to the flagships uh you know series one series two extended series so, so flagship one two extended those are must buys because that is it's like top series one series two you, got, you have to get those for baseball yep. you have to get those that's what gets you in that's that's the fun stuff uh skybox i mean they make beautiful cards those are great cards for um player collectors you want to get those players or you want to chase those rookies i say go for it i like opg i like opg platinum i really like opg yeah i like that the, the, the name is iconic the the way it's the stock is not not on the chrome ones but on the regular ones the stock is right I, I, it's really good for ttm those are those hold an autograph really well correct so look there's something for everybody I, i'm getting into you know 2023 has got to be the year the last five years where i bought the least amount of wax because I realize that I'm spending a lot of money on 60 cards I don't want when I can get one card I do want. Now, right, you're not getting your return. But for example, yeah, but I went to Target last week and they had MVP. MVP is like the the summer release. It's like, you know, and I bought three fat packs. They were like $6 each or whatever. I opened them. There wasn't anything great in it, but it scratched that itch. It got me in the hockey mood. And then what I'll end up doing with those cards is I may keep them, I may TTM, or what I do is, now that we're getting close to October, is I like to put them in individual packs. I make my own packs, and I give them out to trick-or-treaters. I give hockey, baseball cards, you know, commons to kids, because I don't want them. Nobody else wants them. And so in this way, kids get them, and, you know, instead of candy, they get cards, and they might be into it or maybe not. But And that's how I get rid of some of my cards in the fall, and I think that's the best thing to do. But... Yeah, be careful. Too many releases. I would wait for Series 1, which is supposed to be in November. It coincides with the Expo, usually, in mid-November. Yep. But some Upper Deck sources told me that they're looking to try to get it out maybe in October. Oh, that'd be great, wouldn't it? And by, we may get them Series 1 sooner, which would be really great. Did um, Upper Deck have any giveaways to you guys at the, the Rookie Showcase to, as... You know, did they give away a card set or did they give away golf shirts or anything like that to, to no, the media? They gave, they gave away nothing, but I do covet it. Which enough. is very strange, don't you think? It is. Now, I do covet an upper deck hat maybe, but um, I guess I have to buy one if I want it. But um, no, they didn't give anything out. And because the NHL wasn't really involved with this, it was the NHL PA and upper deck, you know, they didn't, they didn't give anything out. This was just an opportunity for them to get photos of the players. And look, the fact that, we got a chance to talk to some of these rookies even before they ever joined their teams for preseason. It's pretty extraordinary. It's a lot, it was a lot of fun. And it was hard to get in the hockey mood. Like I said, it was 97 degrees outside. And inside on, on the rink, it was freezing. So it was kind <laughs> of a weird juxtaposition. But no, we got no giveaways. And look, generally reporters are not in this business to get free stuff. But I'm since I'm both a journalist and a collector, depending which hat I'm wearing, I'm interested in, in kind of both. And if they had given something away, that would have been great because it might have been worth something or it would have been sentimental value. But um, the fact that I got to talk to some of these players and take, took pictures of them, it, it was really a lot of fun and a great opportunity. And, you know, I think it's going to be a fun season. And I think nothing gets people in the mood for hockey like this kind of stuff ahead of it, you know, because before you know it, October will be here and we'll be talking about hockey for real. 
I know I'm very excited. All right, let's talk a little TTM, my friend. How are you doing, uh, TTM? And have you been sending out a lot of requests? I've been getting stuff yeah. in so the mailbox. Yeah, so over the summer in July, I sent a lot out in July. So, of course, August came around and I came back from vacation. I, I did get a lot of stuff. So let's see. So following your your um, your lead here a little bit, uh, 88, 89, Opeachy, I got Kelly Miller. He signed. Nice. Right, I so. sent you, you would send me those, whatever, eight or nine cards. I've got them all. I got them all 88, 89 tops. Uh, Opeachy, I got them all signed. Yeah. Except yeah. I, I have one, uh, Keith Crowder, because he's in Canada. I got to get it some Canadian stamps. Yeah, I will say now the tops version of this, I know Drew's is doing the set of that, but whether it's tops or Opeachy, the thumbtack that year is iconic. That's, that's the, um, famous one of Gretzky with the Kings for the first time. No, I know. You know what? I tried to buy a box at the national and they were a hundred bucks. Yeah. Because I think they realized Pete nostalgia is, is coming to this set. Now the Brett Hull rookie is in that, which is not worth as much as it used to be, but people like the look of this card. And I think they're getting a TTM, both Opeachy and, and tops. Now the Opeachy ones, I bought a bunch of loose ones at the expo two years ago. I, I sent you some of those and Expo, if, if Expo is good for anything in Toronto, it's getting these loose cards. All Are right, you going so, to the show? Are you going to the show in Toronto? Breaking news, I am going to the Expo, yes. Oh, I'm so jealous. Yeah, I'm going to the Expo. I'm going to be um, covering it for Sports Collectors Digest. Um, and that's that's also the same week where the Hall of Fame inductions are happening. So I'm covering Oh, both. that's that's great. Yeah, so it'll be fun to, to, to do that. And a lot of those guys at, in the Hall of Fame that week will be signing at the Expo. So that's that's a side note. So, cool. I'm, so, so, I'm sorry. So a little more TTM returns. Let's get yeah, so, TTM returns. So uh, Brendan Aronson, who plays for the U.S. national team, they play at the World Cup. He plays in Germany. I won't say what league. You know which league. The <laughs> he uh, he was home for the summer, I figured. So I sent to his house, and he, he signed for me. So Very cool. He signed this uh, Don Russ from... 2023 so do you do you do you pick guys you want and then go get their cards or do you have you have the cards and you say oh that guy signed so i'm gonna send it off i do be i have the cards because i bought a box or i bought some packs and i'm like let's put it aside does he sign and then now sometimes like for example at the national if you want to get a signer there i will buy a card for him yep um at the national when we you and i were looking at those tables i had one i left that table with a regret i didn't get a yari curry card that was they were selling a few Yari Curries. He's a tough signer. He's in Finland now. Um, he's been famous for for not signing or for ignoring requests. I mailed him more than a year ago. I got nothing. But I saw something on eBay for ten dollars. It's ninety one upper deck team Finland oh, card. And nice. signed. So for ten dollars, I thought, hey, it's worth it. And then it well, back in yeah, go ahead. He was a hell of a player. He was a hell. Was, I mean, he was on a great team, obviously with Gretzky and Messier, but. One of my favorite European players of all time in the yeah, NHL. He 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 was what boy was he good. And then um and then back in July I had the opportunity here in New York to uh, go to an event where uh they had a speaker uh on stage do a one hour talk about his life and that was Mookie Wilson of the Mets and I bought a card and he actually signed it after the word. So no, I, got I I I won't even acknowledge that. I'm sorry. I will not acknowledge. Mookie Wilson will not be acknowledged in this on this show. I will story. say this though. He said some really touching stuff about his friendship with Bill Buckner, which I thought was really amazing. Um and so Mookie Wilson, great guy, a great signer. He actually like I can actually read his autograph, old school. Um and uh really really great speaker. And so I got him in person. So kind of a mixed summer for getting stuff, which was cool. Um and and that's it. That you no, know, it's not. I have to send a bunch of new stuff now for for the start of the start of the hockey football season. So we'll see. Um, right yeah, now, I've got, I, I I've got four or five Canadians. Stuff. I got to send out. 
Yeah, I haven't bought any boxes of anything, so I don't have any loose cards to mail out, but I might get individual cards on eBay and and send out in, in the coming weeks. How are we doing on the sticker set? Did we did we complete it? The we men's sticker, sticker set, set completed, and then the women's one, I never bought it. Okay. So, you know, the Women's World Cup happened in a weird time right after the right after the, the national or during the national, and then I was away for much of August, so I never got the women's one. Of course, as people who know, Spain did win the Women's World Cup. It was a really great final course it was marred by uh you know the president of the spanish football federation kissing one of the players on the mouth and then the coach recently was fired unfortunately a, a wonderful tournament a great boost for women don't you think that just was just an innocent thing i don't know but what i do know is that fifa suspended him for 90 days they said pending an investigation i'm kind of like what investigation it's it's on video i mean i don't know what, what yeah what are we doing? But what I do think is, is that it's interesting to see, unfortunately, I think that what's happening off the field overshadowed what happened on the field. I will say the level of play at this Women's World Cup was great. And if you're a U.S. women's soccer team fan, be very scared because the U.S. women could be in the wilderness for a while now because teams around the world have gotten a lot better. We talked about that last month. And right. I well, they fired the coach, right? And they fired the GM. Yeah. So that it's going yeah, to they're starting they're, they're, they're going to start over, right? Yeah. And and so for people who like women's soccer, and they might know this already, the professional women's t- players do play at the Olympics next summer. They'll be in Paris. So that's a chance for the U.S. to really show the world, are they rebuilt or are they are still going through some issues? So we'll see. So stand by on that. Do you think that there was uh, disharmony on the team because of the uh, political underbelly that, that's been going on with the U.S. Uh, women's team? Or do you think it was just that it's their time? You know, I mean, it's, every every team has a time, right? You you have a, a, a time when you're good, then you have to rebuild it and come back. You, you can't yeah. be good forever. Yeah, I mean, certainly there is maybe part of that. But I actually do think the other teams around the world got a lot better. And so that's a big part of it. I mean, so, yeah, we can blame the their political involvement, and that could be a distraction, obviously. But I do think ultimately they were beat on the field. Uh, Sweden, England, Spain that won the World Cup. These teams, I think, are all better than the U.S. Uh, you know, the U.S. got eliminated in the round of 16, which is as far as probably could go with that, with those collection of players. What you will see now in the next few months and years is that a lot of the old guard will retire and the younger players at the World Cup we saw will rise. And I think that we'll get more out of out of a whole new team. And you, look, every team needs a good coach. And they have to hire someone to really – right now the, uh, they have an interim the, the assistant coach. And right, and so what you'll, ha- you'll see is you'll need a new coach to set the tone. And hopefully the mistakes they made in the past will be forgotten. They can rebuild. And look, women's soccer is still kind of a, is a big deal in this country. And I do think that we haven't seen the last of the U.S. But it will be curious to see – if a team like Spain can, can keep that momentum, I, I just want to right. point out one thing about Spain. They've won the under 17, under 20, and now the World Senior World Cup. So they dominate across all age ranges. And if they do, if they invest in women's soccer like they have with men, then Spain will be the best women's soccer team for 10 more years. Yep, sure. All right, guys, we are speaking with Clemente Lise. Clemente Lise is everywhere. He is the man. Go check out his article on Sports Collectors. Digest. He has a, a a monthly article in Sports Collectors Digest. He also has a newsletter, so- Planet Soccer or Soccer Planet. I always mix that up. Planet Soccer. Planet Soccer is a free newsletter. Comes out every week, um, usually on Monday. Right? Is Monday? It's PlanetSoccer.substack.com. So if you, if yeah. you want to get your soccer fill, you go there. 
You want to read about hockey. I have a monthly column at puckjunk.com. I have a new one up now. You can read read all about that. And yes, I am, I am everywhere, but you know, <laughs> if you're anything, I enjoy telling stories about sports and about the hobby. I hope readers uh, uh, enjoy that as well. Yeah, follow Clemente on Twitter or X, whatever that whatever that is. Oh, right. Right? Yeah. At, at Clemente Lisi, you can follow. <laughs> and he is uh, an author, of course. He wrote a great book on the World Cup. So if you're into World Cup and want to learn, read about the history of the World Cup, because it's a really great um, they should, if you, if someone teaches a world cup class, that should be the text because it, it's well, really, I, so I will, I will mention something I mentioned to you in Chicago. Um, there is a course at, uh, Georgetown where they talk about, um, soccer, soccer history, marketing, that whole thing. And, uh, the professor of that class told me that my book would be one of the books on the syllabus this semester. And I will speak to that class this fall. So yes. So for those who are studying soccer, as an academic endeavor, this book is, is, uh, has uh, been recognized for that. So I appreciate that. Right, my friend. Well, we we went a little long this week. I'm th- this time. I'm sorry. You know, you know, you and I get to talking, and we just keep going, and we get on a tangent. Like when I start talking with Drew about anything. So I really appreciate your time, my friend. Uh, anything else you want to add before I let you go? No. Uh, you know, the summer is over. I hope everyone enjoys uh, the rest of September. And you know, before you know it, for us us in the Northeast, the leaves will be falling. Hockey will be starting, you know, get that jacket out. I think, you know, I'm excited for that. I love the summer, but I'm excited for fall sports, for football, for hockey, for basketball. So I say bring it on. Uh, I can't wait. All right. We'll talk to you uh, probably the first week in October. We will uh, preview the NHL season. We will look at um, your plans for the expo up in Toronto. And uh, I'm sure we'll have some more legal wranglings going on. So never a dull moment. Clemente Lise, follow him. He is the man. Thank you. This is Clemente's world. Drew, I love talking to Clemente. Clemente is a great storyteller. He's a uh, very passionate collector. He uh, does some TTMing as well. And and basically, he's a great guy. He's a really, really nice guy. So uh, I'm glad that he's become part of the show. He's been on maybe two years now, Drew? Year and a half? Two years, uh, right? Yeah, it was, it was a little over a year because it was right before the uh, World Cup last year that we got him started, I think, on there. So, yeah, about a year and a half now. Yeah. So I hope you enjoy our segments with Clemente. He, uh, we're going to have him on in the beginning of October. I can't believe beginning of October we'll have on Clemente for his next installment, but hopefully you enjoyed uh, this month's installment. All right, Drew, we have – I don't know what we want to call this. It's because it's not really a collector's corner, right? This is just yeah. a – an inter- in an interview that that I, I interviewed this gentleman uh, probably last week, and I was like, "Oh, I want to get this. Uh, I want to get it up because he was a really good interview." Uh, so pl- uh, I have a a great interview with former NFLer. He played wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers as well as the Falcons. Uh, his name is John Staggers. He is uh, he was a really fun interview, Drew. Cool. So please enjoy my interview with former NFL uh, player John Staggers. And now it's time for Collector's Corner. Let's hear from our collector this week. This segment is sponsored by Collects, the free app for scanning and cataloging your cards. Buy or sell cards on the marketplace. Turn the hobby into your side hustle today. All right, guys, we have a very special guest today. He is a veteran of six NFL seasons. He was drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers in the fifth round of the 1970 NFL draft out of the University of Missouri. He played wide receiver. His name is John Staggers. Welcome to the program, Mr. Staggers. Thank you, Jeff. Glad to be here. 
I'm looking forward to talking to you, learning a little about your career and then some of the guys you played with and against. Um, Jonathan, when you were coming out of Missouri and, and you got taken by the Steelers, did you really did you think that you were going to have a long career in the NFL and, and that you uh, your skill level was perfect for the NFL? Well, it's really quite interesting. I was in, I was at the University of Missouri. I just was recovering from a shoulder operation. We played in the Orange Bowl. I went to the Hula Bowl in Hawaii, came back, then had a shoulder operation. And when I was drafted, I was kind of in, in the university hospital. Okay. And so, um, I had a lot of apprehension. Um, I had this drive, this intention, but I, I, I didn't know, and I wanted to play, and I didn't know what else I would do if I didn't play. Even though <laughs> I was graduating from college, I had my degree. Like the rest uh, of us, right? Now yeah. we have this piece of paper. What do we do with it? Exactly. <laughs> didn't have a clue. And my father was a coach and teacher. And so I was very much, I really want to do this. And I played out of fear, really. Was there yeah. was there a time either uh, during the preseason or during training camp when they said, yep, I can play with these guys. I, I, I'm an NFL wide receiver. Well, here's what happened. I popped. I popped my thigh muscle. I was I was trying that hard that I popped my thigh muscle. And so I couldn't practice. And then I came back and, and re-injured it because I came back to some. And I ended up being activated after the third game. Okay. Or the yeah. Did you have a mentor or a coach that really took you under his wing or a, a veteran player that really took you under his wing? What I really feel is I really liked Lionel Taylor. He was the receiver coach. For yeah. the Steelers? For the Steelers. And that year, four receivers were rookies that made it. What it what is harder? Is it harder to learn the pass routes or to learn your blocking schemes as a wide receiver? No. I think <laughs> It's not about learning something. It's really, can I let what I have to share and offer out? Yeah. Can I can I tap into the abilities that I have, given the opportunity? You went you went to Green Bay after a couple of seasons in Pittsburgh, and you really your career really flourished in Green Bay. What why why do you think you had such uh, success in Green Bay? Um. The head coach was my college coach. Oh, okay. And he had confidence in me. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I was able to show and share the gifts I had. I, I had one of your former uh, teammates on as a guest a couple of weeks ago, Scott mm -hmm. Hunter. And he was a yes, of course, quarterback. Your, your quarterback. Was he um was he your yep. favorite quarterback to catch passes from? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm not going to touch that one. Oh, come uh, on. It's, <laughs> no, it's just you and I. No one else it's, is listening. It's, it's, not a, it's, it's not about comparing. Um, it's really, um, that's so, so, so long ago. 
I just appreciated the opportunity. I played against Scott uh, in college. We played Alabama in the Gator Bowl. Yeah. Ask, ask him who won. <laughs> <laughs> The, who's who is the uh, toughest cornerback uh, or safety to go against in your mind? You know, I never looked at it that way. Um, I really never. Uh, there's no one. I, I never looked at it as as mm, somebody's better than. It, it was more uh, a team concept, more of. We're playing against this team, and we set up um, the game plan. And, um, yeah, uh, I thought Chicago, the Bears were kind of crazy. They were yelling at each other. So it was Dick like, Buckus and that whole that Dick yeah, Buckus and yeah. that so team? Who are, these, who are these guys? Do you, do you remember do you, do you remember uh, anyone giving you a big hit on the field like like I know Tom uh, Tom Brady mentioned that uh he got some some guy out of the Buffalo Bills gave him the biggest hit of his career and he still 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 remembers it to this day is there a time that you were going over the middle and there is um this happened when I was playing my last year at Detroit um okay. and I eventually had an Achilles injury that season yeah but we were playing dallas and there was a, a pass overthrown i was going like a, a a slant and i saw this guy coming and i i knew that the pass was too high i couldn't get to it and so i kind of protected myself and sure enough he came um then i caught a pass on my knees and then i got hit speared oh. in in my back that must have on, on the right side and eventually my stride got shorter and shorter so it was a specific hit and so i started watching going whoa i had not had that experience before um where literally um as the game went on i couldn't run and so I had to take myself out of the game. Oh wow! Do I you have a favorite that... moment on the field that that kind of you're sitting in your easy chair watching TV, and all of a sudden you start thinking about it and smiling, like, "Oh, I re remember when I did this?" Or, or, or what? No, I don't go. Field? I don't go in that way. You don't? But, uh, no, no, I, I, I don't reminisce. Um, well, that's what of... we're doing today, Jonathan. We're <laughs> I'm not reminiscing. I'm sharing, man. <laughs> I'm just, you're asking and I'm sharing what comes to me. Yeah, I know, um, I'm just teasing you. Yeah, yeah. A um, couple of things. Uh, in college, we played Nebraska my sophomore year, and I had a dislocated shoulder, and that was my second game back. And we beat them 10 to 7, and I made a catch. And I saw the ball flow down, literally. So the defensive backs that were with me slowed down and then the ball picked up speed oh, and wow. I accelerated and jumped and I caught it and scored. That was special to me. Then the last preseason game in Pittsburgh, we were playing in Yankee Stadium against the Giants and it was deja vu, man. Same it, thing. It was, it was like, 
Bradshaw through this pass was like, right before I was going to jump up for it, it was like, oh, deja vu. Went up, caught it, spider Lockhart, boom. Ball went one way. I don't know where the ball <laughs> I landed with it. Cause but I, I don't have a clue. Yeah. So so much for deja vu. Did you have a, a stadium or a, a fan base that you like to play against? Play against. Yeah. Hmm. Um I really uh didn't focus on the fans at all. Okay. Um, I really, uh, I, I did notice that really strange, the ball moving based on where we played, meaning the energy in the, in the stadium. Yeah. And and say a kick that I saw the ball shift. I saw the ball all of a sudden jump, say to the right, like, huh? You know, it's going on a line, and then it all all of a sudden moves. So I've I've seen so, so many different things happen. Um, That's very yeah. cool. Uh, yeah. I know you you um, returned a punt for a touchdown against the Houston Oilers. Did you did. Uh, prefer punt? Did you prefer kickoffs or punt returns? Was that a a, a big part I, of your game that you liked? Yeah, I preferred punts because. Oh, um, okay. On kickoffs, they're going full speed. And you have to kind of commit which way you're going, right? So it's a right return, a left return, or, or middle return. Yep. And they're, they're coming full speed. As a punt returner, I can make somebody miss, meaning it's like it's, it's more improv. Um, they're closer to you. Yep. as you catch the ball and and you can like the gift one of the gifts is it's quick and so i could sidestep or anticipate and 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 not 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 be hit hard or it's a glance it's 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 a dance but on the kickoff man they can kind of narrow in on you where you're going yeah do you want when the when you return that kick that punt return for a touchdown in seventy two mm -hmm. against Houston, mm -hmm. what were the uh, circumstances behind it and why what made it a success? Why what sprung you free? Um, the quarterback, Dan Pastorini. Yep. Yep. Um, he was the punter. Oh really? Yeah, and he tried. He hit me in my chest. I kept going, man. <laughs> like, Run as fast as you it, can, and you're not catching me. No, it was he. He he had a hit on me, but it's like no, that's not gonna do it. Yeah, <laughs> that's not good. It was like he wasn't there. And that's I kept funny. Going. Yeah, it is funny. Yeah, that's funny. But that's I'm learning. But here's here's the whole thing, Jeff. Sure. I'm doing um, qigong. Um, it's a mar it's not a martial art. It's a energy movement. Uh, ancient practice and they have a, one practice called iron shirt and it's where you know how you see these guys like they have a sword or a spear and they try and puncture them and, and they are able to 
resist it or they throw bricks on them and they, they break bricks okay. and they train their bodies to be able energetically to withstand that. And I think naturally as football players, we build ourselves in a certain kind of way where the body can repel hits and blows. And that's, and, and in reflecting, it's like, oh, okay, naturally I was able to do those kinds of things um, where I would get hit in the back or, you know, and, and, and just keep going. And other times, of course, you go down, but that, you know, and reflecting for me, yeah. it's like that. Yeah. We're speaking with Jonathan Staggers. Jonathan played six seasons in the NFL with the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Green Bay Packers, and the Detroit Lions. He was drafted in the fifth round of the 1970 draft at a University of Missouri, the Tigers, go Tigers. And he played wide <laughs> he played wide receiver. He, uh, he you had two three different numbers during your career. Was there a reason you went from two to twenty-two to eighty-six? Or you just kind of every time yeah. you went to a new team, you got a new number? Yeah. Um I couldn't get in Pittsburgh. 22 was um, put on the shelf. Okay. And so I asked for two. In Green Bay, um, I could get 22. And that was the number I had in college and high school. That's the number I kind of wanted. Um, and then when you two went to Detroit, you got 86? Yeah, it didn't matter. <laughs> they, they, they didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. And, and I think in Detroit, that 22 was also a reserve. But I didn't, that wasn't a concern. Did you keep any memorabilia from your playing days? Did you keep any jerseys or, or game no. balls or helmets? Game balls. My helmet, um, my daughter has, um, she lives in New Zealand. Um, Lucky she has, her. She has the helmet. Um, and game balls I've given to grand grandsons and grand and granddaughter. Yeah, I don't. That's were you not... were you a card collector as a kid? Did you collect any uh, football cards or baseball cards as a kid? Um, not collecting cards. I had a friend. I lived in so many different places. My father was a coach and teacher, right? Okay, so you're all over. You're all over. I was a, yeah. And in South Carolina, I had a friend who was who was an artist, and he would draw photos of magazine magazine players in other yeah. words like capture you know pictures that were taken and put in a magazine and we would play football with, with his his characters we'd we'd cut them out that he had draw he drew yeah and then that's and we would play with that that's we would play with them I what, what was it like for you to be uh, pictured on your own uh, football card was that uh was that something that was special to you no no. no. Did you ever no. try? I always ask former players, did you ever try go to the supermarket or the drugstore and buy a couple packs of cards to get your own card? No. No. <laughs> but here's here's Jeff, here's what's interesting. Um I I used my mother's address because that was stationary, that was solid. Yeah. And when she moved and um she moved with my sister up in the Boston area in, in Concord. Concord and she, yeah. and, yep. And she just passed this past oh, May. It's okay. Um, I had cards that were at her house. And I just, ha I have, I'm at, I'm at my son's place in, in San Antonio, Texas this moment. 
and I have 29 letters that I will mail either today or tomorrow, cards. And, and that way I'll be clear I've done my I've done my due diligence and yep. and have re am responding to people that have sent me cards to sign. Are you and surprised that, people still want your autograph after all these years? You haven't you haven't played since the what seventy five? So yeah, yeah. I I don't. It doesn't. The hardest thing has been to let go of football, and yeah. and by let go, what I mean is. If I identify with that, I'm stuck. Energetically, I'm stuck. Okay. I'm free of it. So, so it's it's, it's not really part of your life anymore. <laughs> I'm free of it, man. And that has taken such a long time. And that feels really, really good. So I can watch it or not watch it. It, it I can support, not support. It's did did you miss the the game or the competition or the camaraderie or kind of all of it? What what was your favorite part of being uh, a professional football player? Well, what I got was doing something you love, and so for the rest of my life, I look for what is it that I love to fill a void. And I've really gone into the void to see what that void is all about, to understand there's nothing to fill. I'm it. We are all it. It's, yeah, not the, it's not the game that gave it to me. It was me being present in the moment that gave me that. So it's that in everything I do. doesn't matter what that is. I find the love in it, being present in it. It's, everything slows down. It's like I, well, so I really, what, was your, what was your favorite thing? Did you enjoy the competition uh, or uh, being, you know, your inner inner competition in terms of trying to be the best or uh, just, you know, the, a lot of the guys really, really enjoyed the camaraderie of being with the guys yes. and being part of a team. and Yes, all of that. All of and that. all of that. And in the moment, everything slows down and that's where the magic is. So that's that what you're you're getting at the kernel of it everyone goes look i everyone you experience that you go looking for it in all different ways because you experience being completely one with everything yeah magical yeah and how how do you find that in everyday living that's yeah i'm sure that it's hard to replace um, you played in you played in Green Bay and you had a great success there. Um, what did you did you have an affinity for the Green Bay Packers fans and um, kind of the whole Packer lore? What I really liked was the nature of it all. It was it was um, a smaller market, yet there was nature, man. There there were the lakes, there was the water, there was the countryside, there was the. Uh, small town, town feeling and closeness. Yeah. What did you what What did you do for for vocation after uh, you you gave up, finished retired from playing football? Well, 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 I know you you're all over the place, but I I like you to to talk about that a little. I really went on a yeah. I've really been on a journey to find what's important in life, make sense out of it because it's not made sense. Um, 
how people treat each other. Um, really, if you really look at it, to run full speed and hit another person doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Does, doesn't There's no logic sense. behind that, right, John? No, no. And to hurt yourself in that way makes no sense. So I really, um, how people treat each other because of the color of one's skin, because of a religion, all of that worldwide makes no sense to me. So how to make sense out of it? That's been the journey. That's been the journey. Have you been have you been involved in any um, reunions with, with with your old teammates? Do they have a, a reunion for the you know I know the Green Bay Packers always have something for no, all the guys. No, I I have um, stayed in contact with just a couple of people. Um, and I will see another new person um, this week. Actually, I go down to Dallas before I go back home. And, oh, and nice. be with the uh, young man. Um, and I'm grateful for um, the contacts that I do have. I'm very, very grateful. Yeah. Well, John, and I like think you, yeah. you're a new, you're a new contact. I am. I mean, you have, <laughs> yeah, you have, I'm sure I could ask you some questions. Oh, I like to be yeah. on this end of the, I like to be on this end of the interview as opposed to where you're sitting, my friend. Okay. <laughs> but thank you. We're speaking with John, Jonathan Staggers. Jonathan played uh, six seasons in the NFL with the Pittsburgh Steelers, Green Bay Packers, and the Detroit Lions from 1970 to 1975. He had 93 receptions for 1,380 yards and seven touchdowns. Is there is there a special touchdown that you remember over the all the others? Hmm. No. No? Really. They're no. all equally equally good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They all count the same. They do. Yeah. yeah. Is there um did you prefer a quarterback that threw the ball with a lot of mustard on it or someone that had a touch? I mean, you always like someone who has a touch, right? But in the game itself, that's that's not a focus, you know, of there's no comparing. Um, it's more of can I catch whatever is being thrown? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't did matter. You, did you um play in any cool like snow game snow games like you were in Green Bay and the Steelers? Did you play any in any blizzards that you, you that you really liked? Um that you really liked no <laughs> no you didn't you didn't like the cold no no it, we played in um the year that we um went into the playoffs in green bay i think we played in minnesota and it was really cold um, 72 maybe they did it <laughs> 72 was it was 72 Sorry? the year you made the playoffs yeah mm-hmm. okay. and we played in minnesota and it was really cold really and, cold minnesota's uh, not fun uh uh, and they couldn't wear it. They didn't, you know, no gloves, no nothing. Those guys. Yeah. Did you? Do you have a um a favorite card? A uh, favorite Topps football card that you like? It's they're just two cards, three cards. I don't know. Yeah. They're, yeah. Well, it's three, it's like... three more than I ever had. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's one right there, man. There you, you go. Know, from beautiful smile. 
Yeah. Thank you, my friend. Well, you know what, Jonathan, it was it was a pleasure uh, sp- speaking with you and learning a little about your your career and your time in the NFL and, and your time at University of Missouri. Um, if there's one thing that you want to be re- remembered for as a player, is there one thing that you want to be remembered for as a player? Yeah, I I um I showed up even it didn't matter my size or my speed. Um, big heart. Yeah. Yep. You have to have a big heart to be a wide receiver in the NFL, my friend. <laughs> that is, that is uh, I don't know, scary. Uh, Those guys are so big. There's a guy, Hubie Bryant. We were rookies together. And Hubie did end up, he went to New England. And um, we were going to play the Oakland Raiders. And remember this defensive, I forget his name now, a defensive lineman, really huge, 6'8", and Hubie's 5'9", 5'10". Ben um, Davidson? Was it Ben Davidson? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Look at that. I pulled that one. That's out of, yeah, out of thin I, air. Well, yeah, you're, you're <laughs> such a, you know these things. I knew that you would know. <laughs> <laughs> there was going to be a fight, and that's who Hubie picked up. He picked him to go against Ben Davison, who was crazy. Picked him. And Hubie's thinner than I was. Very crazy. Yeah. Do you, do you watch today's game at all? Do you watch it? Uh, um, I watch uh, highlights. I'll say it like that. I, is, I is there a player player in the in the uh, most recent times that um, kind of reminds you of yourself in terms of Oh, that that guy plays runs a, uh, a lot of routes like I did, or catches the ball like I did, or no, I haven't really, um, really paid attention in in that that specific. I think um, these guys all are are trained. They're fast. They all have different gifts and abilities, and it's obviously a full time job. Yeah, I mean the the training and the nutrition and the science behind it. I'm sure yes. are a lot different today than when you were playing. Very much so, and and it has a it has a, a impact on the game itself. On Did every... you have to work in the off season when you were playing? Of course, and I wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, most yeah. of the guys did. Yeah, yeah. All right, my friend. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure speaking with you. I, I enjoyed uh, hearing about your time in the game, Jonathan Staggers. He's he signs cards through the mail, guys. He does. He. he so if you want to <laughs> want to get a card signed, I'm gonna I'm gonna fill up your mailbox, my friend. Okay. Oh, uh, <laughs> you're such you're such a gift, man. I I appreciate your smile. I appreciate who you are, and um, may you continue to light up planet. All right, you... thank you, my friend. It was nice meeting you, and uh, we'll be in touch. Okay. Yes. Do any of you list your cards for sale on eBay? I've recently signed up with a software by the name of Card Dealer Pro. They take pictures of your sports and trading cards and use artificial intelligence to write the title, description, and upload to eBay. Now, I've gone from the ability to list 10 to 20 cards to 200 to 300 plus with the help of Card Dealer Pro. Go to www.carddealerpro.com to try their software completely free for seven days and get 500 bonus skins by using the promo code TTM500 during signup. Once again, that's TTM500. Use it at signup and get 500 
additional bonus scans at www.cardealerpro to list your cards with AI today. Well, Drew, one of the fun things about sending out TTM requests is I always ask guys if they want to be on the show. Mm-hmm. And um, I was sitting, I was sitting there last week, and my phone rang, and it said Jonathan Staggers, and I picked it up, and I didn't know, like Jonathan Staggers, who's Jonathan Staggers? And he he came on, I was like, yeah, I, I you know, I, I got the TTM request you sent to me, and, I, and I'd love to be on your show. And Drew, I I had a blockage. I don't I didn't remember sending a TTM request to him. Oh geez. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to look it up. I was like, oh yeah, I did send it to him. I sent a, him a '76 tops uh, football card. He signed it to me, and he he's, he loves signing cards. And I thought John was a, a great interview, and I, I'm so happy that we hooked up. And it's kind of the fun part of the TTM is when these guys reach back to you and say, hey, I'd love to talk to you about my career, about collecting, mm-hmm. about this book that I wrote road or whatever and uh it, it was really it was really a, a fun call so i hopefully enjoyed my, my talk with john he's uh he's an interesting guy and uh very uh he's very positive he's a very positive guy you know yeah yeah so uh i hopefully enjoyed my interview with john all right true next up is making, making the, grade. the grade making the grade making the grade Making the Grade is sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. It's football season. There's no better time to get your NFL stars, rookies, and veteran cards graded. CGC Cards offers fast turnaround times so you get your cards back even faster. They have crystal clear holders so your cards shine. And best yet, all starting at just $12 a card. Head to cgccards.com to start creating your cards today. Uh, this is covering, covering all the news uh, from all the grading companies. And uh, well, this is really interesting. SGC, they're not one of our sponsors, but they have a new app that's out and they're offering uh, $15 per card grading which is a pretty good number, I think, uh, for yeah. five to 10 days turnaround. So SGC has been really uh, making the news with some of the, the um, you know, Mickey Mantle, right? The Mickey Mantles and mm-hmm. some other stuff getting uh, high auction results. So uh, you might want to check them out. It's SGC. Check it out. Um, $15 per card grading, five to 10 day turnaround. So good luck with that. Joe, we have some grading numbers from our friends at Gemrate. Yes, we do. From the previous week, we're looking at uh, August 28th through September 3rd. So that uh, last week of August, first week of September kind of region right there, right before Labor Day. But everybody down a little bit, but nothing, you know, horrifying at all. PSA, a 15% drop. They uh, did 279,400 cards. SGC, a slight increase, actually. They're the one to be up this week. Only a 1% uh, rise, but still better than nothing. There are 28,200 cards that went through there. I've got Beckett down 16%, 16,600 cards graded by them. And CGC, a 20% decrease, 27,600 cards. So you're still looking at, what is that? That's about 330, 350,000 cards that got graded for a couple of cards. Yeah, still a lot. That is (laughs) still a lot. I'm amazed at it. Well, that wraps up our grading numbers from Gemrate, but this is the the exclusive. grading numbers report that we get from our friends at Gemrate, and we are of course talking about the big three this week's big three is brought to you by gemrate.com 
whose cards are hot and whose cards are cold this week. Let's find out from our friends at gemrate.com. Joe, it's time for the big three. The big three exclusive numbers we get from our friends at Gemrate. Ryan, maybe we'll have Ryan on next week to do the, the big three. I really enjoy when he, yeah. he comes on. Um, this week's big three, we got Chet Holmgren, was up 60% in primarily because his 2022 Donis rookie card, they graded, uh, they these grading copies, graded 300 copies, uh, the fourth most co- uh, single card uh, this past week, and Chet Holgram was up 60%. Also up, Kobe Bryant, up 43%. Did we hit a milestone or so, like a something in Kobe's life? Because uh, there has been a lot, a lot of um, Kobe stuff that I've seen the last couple, the last week or so. Yeah, I think this like maybe it would have been his birthday this past week or something. Yeah, an anniversary like that, or something. But Kobe's yeah. been been out out on social media a lot uh, this past week, and so he was up forty three percent. And finally, Patrick Mahomes, the second who played on Thursday night and looked very mortal. Don't you think? Yes. Yes. I don't know if it was because Kel- Travis Kelsey Kelsey wasn't there. If he misses uh, Tyree Kill and not having that one guy to go to, um, he just looked normal like yeah. he, he looked he looked beatable and i never thought i'd see that uh for patrick Mahomes in his prime but he's up 29 percent because obviously kicking off nfl they had a game on this thursday and uh you know he he was he's up so those were the big three that were risers who's following drew well the big three uh droppers here this week it was a uh, vladimir guerrero jr a 17 percent decrease right there my guess is i mean you've got baseball season kind of wrapping up right now guerrero is still kind of I he, think he's they, had a disappointing season. A little bit. I mean, which is weird to say for a guy who goes out and wins the home run contest at the All-Star game to say it's been disappointing there. But, yeah, just, I mean, it hasn't been quite what people expected there. I know, uh, I remember back in the early part of the season there, the Blue Jays were one of your big picks to have a big year. And I thought sitting they, at, what, second, third right now, something like that. And it's like, yeah, kind of just underwhelming a little bit. You know what, Alex Manoa, that killed him because he's, yes. he's not the same pitcher he was last year. Absolutely. And, some of the guys that they brought in, I thought were going to be better than they actually have been. Yeah. You know, Whit Merrifield is just okay. Um, the Brandon Belt is okay. I mean, they're just mm-hmm. guys that, that they, I thought would do better than they did. And, and I think if you were, you lived up in Toronto, you'd be disappointing with how um, they've come about so far, but they are going to make the playoffs. I think, right. They'll, de- I think they're definitely going to make the playoffs. It's close. I mean, they're going to be in the battle for those wild card positions for yeah, sure. I think so they're going to uh, get. I think they're going to get the last spot. I don't see the Red Sox, Yankees, or Indians, or any any of the Guardians. Sorry, any of these teams having enough. It's what we only have twenty games left. I think now. I I think they will make it. And you know, once you're in, anything can happen, right? You get exactly. All you have to do is get a a pitcher to be hot. Or I mean, remember Rosa Randy Rosarina a couple of years ago? He freaking he carried oh, yeah. Tampa Bay in the playoffs. You just need that one guy to. When uh, Kiki Hernandez for the Red Sox that year, he went yep. he went off for for two weeks. You know, you can get a guy to carry you. So there's there's uh, one one guy falling. Who are the other two? The other ones are falling. We've got another guy who's kind of similar situation there. Juan Soto, a twenty five percent drop. I mean, that's a big name right there. But I mean, the Padres were one of my picks as being a one to watch out for this year, and they're languishing in fourth place in the NL West. They're going to completely miss the playoffs, and it's like. This team has thrown so much money out there so at everybody money. they possibly can and just hasn't panned out. I mean, they, they are the National League Rangers, basically, it seems like. And I know, so, and they uh, have Blake Snell, who's having a fantastic year. He might win the yeah. Cy Young, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
You've got an absolutely loaded lineup. You've got Blake Snell there on the pitching rotation. Where has it gone wrong? How can it possibly go this bad for them? And it, it has somehow. And yeah, third I on mean, the list. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, oh, no, sometimes go these, these all-star teams and, you know, that they put together the, these dream teams, so to speak, and they're just not, you know, it just doesn't happen. It happen the same thing happens in basketball every year, right? They yeah. they make this all this team all-star team in basketball, and the guys, they, they barely make the playoffs, so they get knocked out in the first round. And I think the Padres, they get, you know, they have they have uh, Chisholm Hall, and they got also they got a couple of rookies. They got a they got a great a lot of veterans with Machado, and they just I don't know if they something's missing, right? Something is missing. Chemistry can be very important on this stuff, and if you don't have it, there's no way to fake it. Yep. And the number three dropper is going to be Mark McGuire for this week. The biggest one of all, twenty six percent decrease in his stuff. No real uh, notes as to any reasons for that at all, but yeah, he's uh, he's down twenty six percent here this week. It's kind of a shame, isn't it? I mean, you were there. You were there for McGuire and Slosser, and it's just it's just a shame that they all kind of that that whole thing just is is a black mark on baseball as opposed to being when it when when it was going on. Oh my goodness, it was so it was fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, this week was fifteen years since the uh, home run record got broken there by McGuire, and yeah, I mean they because they mentioned it on the uh, Guardians and Angels broadcast the other week, and I just saw that and was like, oh god, I'd, I'd I'd rather just forget about that. And no, I know at the time it was so exciting, and now it's fifteen years later. It's like, oh yeah, we're we're just I'm I'm just I'm not going to pay attention to that. Or twenty five years, I guess it's been now, but yeah. So it's, yeah, uh, I mean, you and I lived through it, and you know it was a great time. And from a collectible standpoint, everyone wanted Sosa and McGuire cards. You couldn't get enough of that. That, those things and i'm sure somebody's choking uh, on a thousand mark mcguire cards right now right. <laughs> but i mean that um, 85 tops one is still going for a decent bit of money but nowhere near what it was then i mean that was a one to two hundred dollar card then and now it's like i could probably scoop one for 10 with no problem yeah, for 10 bucks definitely all right true thank you guys thank you gem rate thank you ryan for providing the exclusive content uh follow um gem rate on social media or on um their website you can go to gemrate.com uh, i highly recommend it great company and uh, a great group of guys and their uh, statistics are really fun so make sure you check that out all right drew that closes up making the grade next up is ttm cash stamp of approval i bet you're wondering who earned this week's ttm cash stamp of approval Boy, did I like that intro. That was a good intro by me. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Like that, that was a good intro by me. All right, Drew, why don't you do yours first, and then then I'll take take mine, all right? All right. So, yeah, my stamp approval this week. Well, at the end of October, my wife and I are taking a trip up to Colorado with a friend of ours, going to see a uh, concert up there and just see everything there is to see around Denver there. My wife's a Colorado Avalanche fan. She has never been up there, so hopefully we'll be able to maybe take the tour of Ball Arena there, and we're going to see uh, – Unfortunately, the Avs are playing on the road that week, but we're going to try to go to a watch party. They're playing against the Penguins, so I'll be the only person in Penguins attire out there. And <laughs> I'm sure I'm going to get booed and run out of there, but, you know, whatever. I'll, I'll I'll take it. You thrive on that. Yeah, of course, of course. My wife always says that my theme song should be uh, the Agnostic Front song, Love to be Hated. So, uh, like, <laughs> yeah, kind of sometimes, but... So we're going to be going up there. So uh, we got our, t- our flights booked a few uh, months ago there when Southwest had a sale, and... So we're sitting there and we're like, oh, hey, we need to do our hotel. We need to do our rent-a-car. We need to do all those. We need to do that. We need to do that. And it's like, okay, we're six weeks away. We probably better jump on that now while we can. And so we got our hotel booked. Uh, got a pretty decent deal on through Hotels.com. But uh, the big thing that my stamp approval is for the week is Sixth Rent-a-Car. That is S-I-X-T 
Rent-A-Car. They're a rental company that's uh, big in Europe, and they're finally starting to come over to the U.S. a bit now. But they have the best deals I've been able to find yet on a uh, out of any of the companies that are actually on site at most airports there. Because if you go on like any kind of rent-a-car site, like if you go if you use the Hopper app or if you go through like Kayak or one of those. If you go for the lowest price, you're going to get a lot of them that are off-site, and I hate dealing with off-site ones. I don't want to take a shuttle all the way over there and deal with, you know, the one employee that's on staff there or anything like that, whereas staying on-site, you know, I can get there easily to it. And so Sixth is on-site at a lot of airports, and their prices have come in significantly lower than anybody like Thrifty or Budget or Enterprise or any of those. I mean, we're getting a RAV4 for four days there for, I think, around 200, uh, less than $270. That's awesome. So, yeah, when we found that, it's like, all right, I mean, we we love the RAV4, and it says it's going to be like, it's a RAV4 or something similar. It's like, great, I will gladly take that. I mean, that's plenty of room for the three of us in there for four days. And so, yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and book that. So getting that for under $300, that is a major win right there in my book. So sixth, rent a car. If you need a car rental, go and check them out, because that uh, that's a pretty nice deal that you're getting right there. So that is my stamp of approval for this week. Very cool, very cool. Hey, Drew, mine mine is going to be a, a card, a cards set. Right. Um, and this is the hottest thing that's come out in a, in a few years now, I think. Um, my son collects them. We're talking about Disney Locana cards, and they are like um, Magic the Gathering or Pokemon. You know, they play you play games with them, and these you can't get them. They're you know, it's like. Uh, tickle me elmo during christmas it's like right. you know the the there's they they didn't uh anticipate the demand and um it's a it's a big thing and i've seen it a lot on social media i don't know if you've seen it drew but um it's the the cool the cards are kind of cool and they're all disney related and there's a game to it um my son we got we got a couple of box, uh, boxes for my son uh, they call like blast blaster boxes mm-hmm. they they are and he's um He's, he was very excited. He, my son's 27. He's not a little kid. And uh, this is a big thing. They sold out. D- Disney World sold out in like, I don't know, 20 minutes or something. Jeez. When they when they put them on sale, you can't get them anywhere. They're, they have no idea. You know, they're trying to do a second run so that they can meet the demand because the demand is so high. Um, and the cards are kind of neat. They're, they're night, you know, Disney doesn't do anything half-assed. So it's a, yeah. you know, you know, it's a nice card. There's an insert, you know, there's uh short prints and uh you know shiny cards and the whole whole, whole nine yards so i'm gonna give this is for my son my ttm cast stamp of approval is disney locana cards check it out if you can find any pick them up because you, you'll find somebody that don't want them if you if you didn't want them, and you can you can flip them for a pretty good price i saw yeah. the boxes that were going for like twenty dollars one of my local cards shops here was selling them for 65 bucks and Jeez. couldn't keep them and couldn't keep them in stock so my my TTM cast stamp approval goes to Disney Locana cards, and if you you got them, congratulations! There, it's it's a, it's a it looks like it's a fun game. All right, Drew, that wraps up TTM cast stamp approval for the week. Next up, we will go to the Van R- Burn Rap Minute.
Good. You want to do the intro for the Vern Rap? Yeah, the Vern Rap Minute is dedicated to the memory of Mr. Vern Rap, former Major League uh, player and manager. Jeff sent a TTM out to him and unfortunately did not know that he had passed on. And so we provide this as a service in his memory to uh, let you know about any deaths in the world of sports, celebrity, music, movies, politics, anybody that you might consider TTMing. We will try to let you know if they have died in the previous week. Well, we mentioned this at, at the onset in the introductions. We lost Wilma Briggs. Wilma Briggs played in the Girls of American uh, Baseball League from 1948 to 54. She's the second all-time leading home run hitter in the league, which is very great. Uh, I had her on as a guest about a year ago. She is a real she's a really good TTMer. She was signing uh, up up until about a couple weeks ago. Um, she Wilma Briggs was 92 year old, 92 years old. We're gonna I'm gonna replay her interview on uh, Wednesday's show. So please, um, I, I highly recommend listening to her, the interview with her because it was very entertaining and uh, um, eye opening as well. So uh, Wilma, thank you for all you did for us. Thank you for entertaining us. Uh, you know, uh, again, rest in peace. Right. Sometimes these guys people pass away we don't know but i knew we i knew i feel like i uh Wilma was my friend and and you know we're, we're, we'll get she's gonna be missed absolutely oh uh, we also lost peter gustafson this week uh peter played very briefly in the nhl was a uh, left winger for the colorado rockies in 1982 before going on to a long career over in his uh, home country of sweden gustafson was not a ttm or he was 65 years old Sure, we lost Jerry Turner. Jerry Turner from 1974 to 1981 played outfielder for the the Padres, the White Sox, and the Tigers. He really played White Sox. He played like 10 games. Tigers, he played like 20 games. And then the next like four or five years, six years, he was an outfielder for the Padres. He played in 873 major league games. He had a 200, 257 batting average. He had 45 home runs and 238 RBIs. He was a good TTMer. I actually got him for my 1978 top set. Do you have did you have Jerry Turner or anything? I did not. Never got him at any point. Well, he he last signed in August uh, of 2023. Jerry Turner was 69 years old. Uh, we lost Ed Meter this week. Ed Meter was a cornerback for the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Six-time Pro Bowl, and he's been a multi-time finalist for the NFL Hall of Fame. Has not yet gotten in, but hopefully they uh, will change that soon. Played from 1959 to 1970. He was an excellent TTMer, and actually right after his death... Uh, my friend Josh sent me a photo saying, oh, yeah, I got this guy a couple times there in the past. And he had three of his early 60s cards all signed there. Meter, yeah, an excellent TTM. We're up until July of 2023. So just the last couple of months is when he had uh, stopped there. But Ed was 86 years old. Yeah, I, I might I might go and buy one of his cards, a signed card, if I can find it on eBay. Uh, I didn't know much about it. I never really followed him. You know, And some of the, the 60s NFL guys, I missed because they didn't play against mm -hmm. Patriots. So I didn't, you know, I didn't follow them as much. Um, but I, I'd like to, uh, after learning more, a little bit about Ed, it seems like he was a, a pretty good player. So yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look into him. Uh, we lost Brad Maxwell. Brad Maxwell was a defenseman from 1977 to 1987. He played primarily with the Minnesota North Stars. He also had a, a cup of coffee, so to speak, with Quebec, uh, the Maple Leafs, the Canucks, and the Rangers. He played in 612 NHL games. He had 98 goals and 270 assists. He was a really good TTMer. His last TTM was just a few weeks ago in, in August of 2000. 2023 brad maxwell i believe he had cancer he passed away he was 66 one of the toughest guys of the 70s there i mean that uh late 70s early 80s north stars was absolutely stacked with some tough guys and he was among the uh, leaders there of all that yep. group. 
Um, in the music world, we lost uh, Steve Harwell this week. Steve Harwell was the lead singer of the band Smash Mouth. I know he's been battling some illnesses for the last couple of years there and uh, finally caught up to him. I remember they actually uh, they said, oh, yeah, he's entered hospice care. And later that day, his death was announced. But uh, Steve Harwell was only 56 years old. Yeah, I remember uh, when they had the Fen- the All-Star game at Fenway Park. That was the yeah. year that um, oh, the All-Star. Hey, now you're an All-Star. Oh, that, yeah. Yep. That's, yep. that's when that, that can't um, card, that card, that song came out and smash mouth played they were in the bullpen playing in the at, at the red sox bullpen nice. uh and i just i, I remember him and it's a, it's a pretty catchy tune oh yeah um, they had a they had a few of them like yeah, yeah no they were very good i i think smash smash mouth was very good uh also in the world of music we lost singer song record writer uh gary wright gary wright wrote Dreamweaver, and if you asked me two weeks ago who wrote Dreamweaver? I wouldn't have said it was Gary Wright. <laughs> yeah, I, I would not have known. But how many times have you heard Dreamweaver? Like a million. So right? much. Yeah. I mean, it was. Uh, I remember back when I used to work with the hockey team in Wichita Falls. That played in every single post-game skate. It seemed like it was always on. I'm like, I couldn't have told you who did the song at all. But it's like, yeah, you know it because you hear it so many times there. And there we go, Gary Wright. Yeah, we lost Gary Wright. Gary Wright was 80 years old. Uh, we lost uh, Jim Rome. Romanisni, I believe, is how. Yeah, we got a name that through butchers. It's not. It's not just me butchering names. Yeah, Jim, <laughs> Jim Romanisi, Romanisni, something like that. He was a linebacker for the Browns and the Patriots. Played uh, four NFL seasons, 1973 to 76, with the two teams. There, he played in 33 games in that time. Not known to be a TTMer, Jim was 71 years old. Lastly, we lost a pioneer in the NBA. His name was. Uh... Whitey Vaughn Nita. He was 101 years old, Drew. 101. He played from 1947 to 1950. He went to Penn State. Excuse me. He was a guard forward. He played for the Tri-City Blackhawks in the NBL. That's the National Basketball uh, League before the forerunner for the NBA. And then when the NBA came about, he got traded to the Baltimore Bolts. And he played on the Baltimore Bolts uh, there for the first two years of existence in uh 59, 49 and 50. So, uh, Whitey Von Nita, he was 101, uh, and he passed away this week. I'm not quite sure what he, he was, his TTM and Drew, I missed it because I just got the news, uh, before, right before we got on the show. So, yeah. well, Drew, our, our sympathy and condolences go to anyone who lost someone this week. Uh, we're sorry for your loss. That will close out the Vern Rap Minute. Next up is TTM Returns. Was our mailbox full this week? Let's take a look at this week's TTM returns. All right, Drew, you want to do it or you want me to do it? Um, go for it. Yeah, if you want to start with it, and I'll do All mine right. right after that. All right, I'll do my I'll do mine first. And it was a pretty good week. Uh, I had really it was uh, Tuesday and Wednesday when I got all my returns for some some reason. Uh, but still, still a pretty good week of returns. I got two returns back from Nolan Ryan on his nice. 1978 and 1979 tops card sent to the foundation, and it took about a month to come back. Yeah. I got a 1969 uh, tops of Ken Harrelson. He signed it, put a Ken Harrelson Hawk to Hall of Fame 2020 on it, and I picked up this card at uh, the National for a quarter. Nice. That's right. And I said, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna send that off to get an autograph. He said it took about I don't know three weeks for that one to come back. Got uh, two from Kevin Bass. Kevin Bass was a outfielder for the Houston Astros, and I got him on his 86, 87, and 88 tops cards Drew, did he play with anybody else um i don't know off the top of my head i think that's about it he was a he was a pretty good player back in the day uh and I, he signed two cards for me it's 80 87 88 and 87 and 88 tops cards so 
took about, I don't know, maybe three weeks. Uh, I got this one. I don't know why I sent this up, but I did. So this is a, a 2000 Tops uh, Prospects card, and I sent it to Dave Wallace, Walling, Dave Walling. I saw uh, it, and I said, I, I said, I wonder if he's, I wonder if any of these guys signed. So I saw Dave Walling sign, so I sent it off to him. So he said he signed it in a couple of weeks. He signed in Black Sharpie. He signed D Walling, but that's okay. Yeah, but I think I may try to get the rest of the cards, the rest of the guys signing. Cool. Do we know? Do we know if Ben Sheets signs? Ooh, I haven't heard anything out of Ben Sheets at all, unfortunately. So yeah, I don't know. And then the other guy on the card is uh, Scott uh, Sabakala. I don't know. He played for the Braves. We'll have to yeah. see see if he signs. But that that gives me something, another project to work on, I guess. Right? Exactly. I mean, those multiplayer cards are always the fun ones to yeah. send out. And then lastly, speaking of multiplayer cards, I got um nineteen uh eighty tops basketball card. It is uh, I got Kenny Carr who played for the Cleveland yeah, Cavs, the Cleveland Cavs. So he says she has a card with Norm Nixon and Sam Lacey. I think Sam Lacey signs. I'm not sure about that. I don't think Norm Nixon signs. Yeah. But um I'll I'll see if I can get it signed. Um so that wraps up my TTM returns for the week. And I sent out about ten or twelve um the other day yesterday i think cool and i sent one out to jerry cheevers i'm taking a shot on this one have you had got jerry cheevers ttm i haven't ttm him i've gotten him via some uh well i got him in person back when i was up in uh, at emerson he yep. used to be the uh he did something in the bruins front office there so i saw him out there quite a bit and i've picked up a couple of them in trades and stuff over time i've got the uh one of the close-up of his mask of uh that the mask with the stitches all over yep. i've got a photo of that signed by him so well, I try. I'm giving him a shout out on TTM. I picked up his um 1970-71 tops card for like a quarter at the Nationals. So I was like, I'll try. Uh, I'll give a shot. Oh yeah, that was card number one, and it was in like great shape. Oh good. That that's tough to do with the the very first five, of the last five cards in a set. Finding them in good condition can be kind of tough. Yeah. So I picked it up. So we'll we'll see. So I uh. I got about, I sent out about 10. I'm trying, I want to get back to doing 10 a week. I got to go get some Canadian stamps because I, I have some hockey guys I want to get in. But that wraps up my returns. How'd you do? I actually did all right. You remember last week I got completely shut out. And the week before that, I only had one. This week, I actually have three to talk about, which is which is a lot for me lately here. So good to see a few things rolling into the mailbox. But a Tuesday, I got Harold Baines in. I mentioned that on our Wednesday show. I sent him two cards and $20, and he signed one, which is good enough. I mean, it seems like he was signed for, you know, 10 bucks for quite a while for a long time there, and then suddenly stopped and said he was letting somebody else handle his mail, and there's the fee list and all that stuff. So I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm good on there. But saw a couple successes on there, so I'm like, all right, let's try, you know, 10 bucks again and see what happens. Well, okay, he signed one for 20 I will gladly take that. It's on his rookie card, his 81 tops card. Took about a three-week turnaround on that one. Oh, uh, let's see. That yeah, they came yesterday. out nice too, Drew. He, yes, he, he signed over a nice. That was a nice uh, signature. Yeah. Um. So then, rolling on into yesterday, got two of them back. First one was Brad Boxberger. He is a pitcher for the Cubs, and he was in the twenty-one heritage set as one of the short prints. I got a really good deal on that card because normally with short prints, you have to pay a buck or two each to get them, and I happened to find one on Sport Lots one day for under a quarter, and I'm like, um. Yeah, we're going to just go ahead and scoop yeah, that up at that yeah, you price. You got any more of those? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, fortunately, I was able to grab that one, and I saw that he signs a bit. So I'm like, all right, yeah, we'll go ahead and chuck this out and see what happens. And yeah, two months later, came back, signed that one. So very happy to get that one in. And the other one I got on uh, yesterday was Aaron Broughton, former 
forward for several NHL teams. Of course, he's the brother of uh, one of the three Broughton brothers. There's Neil and there's a third one as well, whose name I'm blanking on right now. I remember Neil. Neil was a Neil was a pretty good player. Yes, Neil was the best out of the three. Paul was the other one I was trying to think of there. But Aaron Broughton is in the 88-89 top set, so I was able to mail that one out and a couple other cards as well. Signed everything. Took about five months or so on there. But one of them is uh, the uh, pro set one from 1991 pro set. They uh, Don't you love the pro? I love the pro set hockey. I don't know Absolutely. why. I just love them. Yes. And so, I mean, he was with the North Stars in the first series. Well, then he got picked up uh, late in... He actually bounced around to like four different teams in a very short span of time. He was uh, 89-90. He started the season with New Jersey, then got traded to Minnesota. So got him on that Minnesota card for the 90-91 set. Well, early on the 90-91 season, he ended up signing with uh, Quebec and then got traded to Toronto in November. So his second series card has a has Toronto logos all over, but a Nordiques photo. <laughs> so as soon as I saw that, I'm like, okay, I have to send that one because I think that's the only card of him in a Nordiques uniform. So... Mailed those cool. off and yeah, got back to me what five months or so. Not too bad. How are you doing on your eighty-eight uh, hockey set, tops hockey set? I've kind of stalled out a little bit there. I'm at about a little over twenty-five percent done, but I'm at a point now where it's like I've tapped out on almost all of the decent TTMers. There's a few guys who charge I could send off to, like uh, you've got Mark Howe who signs for fifteen bucks. I could send off to him at some point. There's um, Dave Christian's charging ten bucks. Dave Andrichuk I think is like five or ten bucks now. So. I could get those guys uh, here at some point, but other than that, free TTMers, I am about tapped out on the decent ones. And how many how many cards are in shots. the set, Drew? How many cards are in the set? Uh, one hundred ninety six players and two checklists, and I've got one okay. of the checklist signed. I'm going to send the other one off to somebody. I might go with like I was thinking Alan Eagleson, but uh, I just I I don't want to support that dude at all. So it's like I uh, any I don't good know refs? Are there that. any good referees in that? I could do that. I could go with like Andy Van Helmond or somebody somebody yeah. like that. So yeah, I could do that. Very cool. So you, what do you need? You think you need uh, 70 or so? I'm at about, yeah, 60 or 70 that I've gotten done so far. So there's a long ways to go on there. I'm hoping to make some trades maybe at some point. I had a guy who had a whole bunch of them, but I said, okay, yeah, what are you looking for in trade? He's like, oh, yeah, let me get back to you on that. And he just completely Crickets. ghosted me on that. So, yeah. How many um, How many guys have passed in the, out of the set, do you know? I think it's, I think it's less than 10. That's so a small handful. I mean, you've got like Bob Probert is in there as one of them who's died. Um, I think God, I'm trying to remember who else. It's yeah, it's a small handful. Peter Klima is in there as well, who's recent death. I want to say, yeah, somewhere between five and ten. Peter Zezel, I know, is in there. Um Sean Burr, I think, is one that died. There's somebody from the late 80s to early 90s Red Wings besides Probert who died. And I think it was Burr, but I'm not certain on that. But yeah, it's somewhere between like five and ten. Yeah, it's a great looking set. It, it, it's yeah. a, it's a really nice looking set. Did you do? I, I I know I asked this before, but I forget. Do you have the set and are sending them out, or do you? Uh, are you doing it the other way where you're? Oh, I need this those seven guys, and I get them, and then then send them out. Where are you on the whole process? I have almost the entire set. I'm missing a couple of the rookie cards. Like I don't have the Brett Hull rookie or the Joe Newendike rookie yet. But other than that, yeah, I've got the entire set there, and. I'm considering, I haven't decided yet if I'm going to or not, but because uh, Opeechee's set was slightly bigger, it had another, I think, 66 cards added on at the end. I'm thinking about going for the Opeechee ones on those on the latter part there, but I haven't decided to yet at all. So we'll see. I might do it. I might not. Right now I'm leaning toward no, but yeah, I, I know how I am. I, I know, know you were, you, you're working on so many sets. I don't know how you right, do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. All right. Well, that wraps up returns. You getting, uh, 
going things going out this week? I'm not sure. I've got some stamps here. I can mail off a few. I've got a small stack there that I'm probably going to try to write. So probably about five to 10 going out this week, I hope. All right. Well, that wraps up returns for the week. Next up, uh, I think we'll put a bow on this thing and wrap the show up. Okay. Yeah, I think so. All right. First, we want to uh, thank our friend Clemente Lise. We love having Clemente. Thank you, Clemente. Uh, John Saggers, former NFL player. Thank you very much. We want to congratulate right, our winners, Ed uh, Bobak, who won the Bill Lee picture, and uh, Jesse Davis from uh, Washington, who won the Dave Steve card. Congratulations, guys. We had a lot of people enter this uh, this contest, Drew. We've been, we've been getting yeah. a lot of people entering, so we want to uh, thank Drew for donating the Dave Steve card. Thank you, Drew. I also want to thank uh, Rich Miller for joining us last Wednesday. Uh, make sure you check out TTMcast 101. Every, our show every Wednesday, Rich talks about the whole um, legal fiasco, legal going on, yes. right? He, he puts a, a nice clear picture to it. So thank you, Rich. Uh, on Wednesday, this Wednesday show coming up, we're going to play my interview with Wilma Briggs. Make sure you check that out. And next Saturday, next Saturday, we have uh, Les Wolf and... A former NHL uh, all-star, he scored over 200 goals uh, during his career. His name's Reed Larson, and he was uh, played for the Red Wings and the Bur and the Bur uh, Bruins, uh, Minnesota, a couple other teams at the end of his career, um, and uh, he wrote a book. So we're going to talk to him about his book. And I was surprised he's not in the Hall of Fame yet, Drew. No, he's had a pretty solid career. He's one of those kind of borderline guys there, but I mean, 200 goals when you're playing mostly defense is pretty good. Yeah, and he played on some pretty good Red Wings teams. He played on a couple of good Bruins teams, um, and he, you know, he had that shot. He had the, one of the hardest shots in, yep. in the NHL. I, I think he's going to get in eventually, don't you? I think he's got a chance. I think he's he's got a decent case there for sure. Well, we're going to hear from Reed next week. Next Saturday, we'll have Reed in Les Wolf. All right, Drew. Anything else uh, before I let uh, let you go? No, I think I'm uh, pretty uh, much covered everything there. Just looking forward to doing some in-person graphing here later on today. All right, but good luck at the games this weekend. Enjoy the Pearl Gym two shows this week. Yes. Uh, we will uh, talk to you on Wednesday. I want to thank everyone for listening. I wish, wish everyone many happy returns, and we'll see you on Wednesday. Be good. Yeah.